0: Blade Runner! Blade Runner! Blade Runner. We watched both Blade Runner movies. We did. So, did you say you never have seen Blade Runner before? Nope! Never seen Blade Runner in my entire life. I think I've seen it. I think I saw it when I was young, and then, like, a bunch of it filtered out over time. Because, in particular, when I got to the part with the flailing, bullet-strewn lady... And the while she's shrieking and weird, like out of sync v- audio video stuff is go- happening, like that thing is like burned into my brain. Oh. That, that weird moment, that's like the, the that's like, like a the harpy call while also that's, bullets. That's like burned into my brain alongside like the vision of like those red creatures ripping their own heads off in the labyrinth and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> like of like that's that's in there somewhere and that stuck with me for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I have not really made a habit of watching Blade Runner, so it was mostly a fresh viewing for me too. Yeah. So we watched the we watched the old one over the last few days separately, and then we went together to, uh, to the theater to see the new one. So spoilers for both. Yeah. That's what this is. In case you're like somehow out of the loop there. Uh, it's been an interesting day seeing these two. Yeah. I think I prefer the original over the new one. Which we went into with you not even knowing it was a a, a, a sequel. You thought I, it was yeah, a remake. I thought it was a remake until you saw it. <laughs> yeah, until I
1: saw it. Well, until I saw the first one, and then watched the next one preceding it for my five hour viewing pleasure. That so, is wow.
0: Yeah, you've been because you watched it today. So you've yeah. been watching Blade Runner for like five hours today. I
1: have. Yeah, it's been fantastic.
0: It's a lot of Blade Runner to get oh, through at uh, once.
1: Well, I'm fresh with it. I know everything. I am. <laughs> I am one with the Blade Runner lore.
0: So, so, Blade Runner is credited as being one of the games that pff, I just call everything games, and it's a problem. It's I don't think about the word and I just yeah. say it. Uh, it's it's one of the movies that is credited as kind of taking off with this whole like cyberpunk subgenre. Yeah, like there's older stuff like Neuromancer and a bunch of a bunch of books, but like Blade Runner is like the big movie that contributed to it taking off. Which I th- and I think it seems to have uh, kind of determined a lot of like the visual elements of that genre that was otherwise mostly in text form yes i think that's mostly the case it was weird watching blade runner just because uh i feel like a lot of its ideas would have been more impactful in the 80s when it was made but watching it now in 2017 now there was definitely like oh uh, yeah yeah i mean I, I love watching stuff watching and playing things that's like stories about ai characters and like fake people and yeah like, the, the, this whole replicant thing and, like, the, the ideas it's playing with are, like, relatively vanilla now because of how much, like, Blade Runner's been strip-mined for all of its ideas over the last 40 years. Pretty much, yeah. That's That was one of
1: the problems I had where
0: it was like, well, what about the machine
1: or what about the fake people? I'm like, what about them, man? What, what question are you going to go for? Are you going to go for the idea of consciousness? Are you going to go for the idea of souls? Are you going to go for the idea, like, the, everything has already taken this one small idea of, like, but what if we had a perfect copy of life yeah but we what well, we artificially made it and it's like well what would we what would we do with that and it's like everyone else got a piece of that pie blade runner and i mean sure you did it first in the beginning so in the the first blade runner makes a lot more sense cuz it feels a little bit more impactful cuz when you even especially when you think about the time it's like that's a weird question to ask yourself but when you go when you watch this new one you're kind of like actually it's you actually don't really focus on it in the new one, the new one doesn't really give a shit too much about the difference between human and not human. Like replicas are not really a like a thing like they were in Blade Runner, the original.
0: The- Something I found a little bit strange in the new one was that they kind of don't even put up like a they they don't really even put up like a front for the idea that replicants are supposed to be slaves. Yeah. Like, like oftentimes, when you're dealing with some sort of crazy dystopian society, you often have like this sense that like the government's right. Like that's not what they <laughs> like. That's not that's not the conclusion they want you to draw at the end. Yeah, but that's often the front the movie puts at some point. They, they, the world you see in the beginning is like
1: this is a this is a world I understand and I accept. Yeah,
0: and like like when you watch the Hunger Games movies, it's all like look at glorious Pan Am, and you're supposed to like without being told how to feel recoil away from their vision of Pan Am. Yeah. But in the new Blade Runner movie, the opening credits like and the replicants were slaves and they tried an uprising. And I'm like, okay, so like we're just going to not even pretend to be ever be on the the government's or the the world's side at any point. Like it it, uh, instead of showing you why the society was bad, it just tells you it's bad before the movie starts.
1: And you're talking about the. Yeah, I mean, both the new one and the old one do this. Yeah. Uh, Both of them do the thing where it's like we built
0: replicas to do slave range. It is you know, you know what is like, more like strange. I, like I think of how like uh was it equilibrium? Doesn't equilibrium like yeah. pret- like pretend that society's great with now now that emotions are gone and all of yeah. our all of our problems are solved. And yeah. then Sean Bean's like, no, we've lost something, and it's, then he gets executed. Well, like the beginning he
1: does. That's, that's the, the beginning of the movie because literally he's Sean Sean Bean Bean's and he dies and everything. entire existence is dying. But the uh with but with equilibrium, it starts off with this kind of like propaganda movie. Yeah. Where it's like, back in the day, war was really bad, and then we had World War Three, and everything got real shitty, and then we decided, no more of that shit, fuck you, and then we just got rid of emotions. And it was like, okay, but you don't see the outcome of that. Like, it does the, the, the game, movie, the propaganda doesn't tell you, like, and everyone is happy all the time, forever, 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 and you must accept it. It just says, like, and this is the world without emotions. Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll see how this goes, and you go, like, this world sucks. Yeah. But... Like, Blade Runner doesn't give you that option. It says, like, uh, it's a dystopian world kind of thing. Uh, we built these artificial replicas to do things that humans didn't want to do anymore, and then they didn't want to do them anymore because they are slightly like weird.
0: It feels slightly weird that we never saw any of that. We never actually see
1: replicas be slaves. Yeah. In either uh, movie. In either movie, it never shows them being slaves. It always shows replicas on Earth running from if, the slaves. It felt interesting
0: because, like, the first movie... It's like a weird snapshot in time, the way that it works out. Yeah. I kind of buy it. But it feels at times like with the sequels has like a goal where it's trying to expand on the mythology of the original one and show elements you haven't seen before. Yeah. So I was, I was a little surprised we still never really saw like them being slaves. Like there's a show called Humans that's really fun to watch. That's of course, ironically, not about humans, but as AI robot butlers that live in people's houses where, like, the idea is that they are, they are just house servants. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like the Max Hedron, uh, AI character from, like, Ready Player One and stuff like that. Or like, like they, the they thing just... from Black
1: Mirror? Yeah. Like, the, 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 the little, one... the little, like, Google Home like thing that just does yeah, everything. Yeah, they just, they for just you. take
0: orders and they're supposed to be, like, serious. Yeah. They're supposed to, like, not feel anything. Yeah. And in the show Humans, the trick is that, like, a, a handful of, like, 10 AI robots, androids, uh, gained sentience and so they essentially had like the david cage like detroit whatever that one was where the that woman that was being torn apart when they realized that she had emotions and that one like game trailer that never was an actual game oh yeah like the like some like they it was realized that they were all they had emotions but then they just sort of filtered into the rest of the assembly line like that's that's an actual show that happened even though david cage's game like weird game trailer never i think that's becoming detroit now but still never went anywhere but like that that show goes really well into the idea of, like, ha, what it can be like to live this weird lie and be a subservient creature and everything. It's slightly odd that Blade Runner never, now in two movies, especially with how long the second one is, they never yeah. touch on what it's like to be a machine. We usually just find them just in time for them to get executed.
1: Well, I think, the, okay, so here's the thing. The second Blade Runner tries to be a little bit better about it because our main protagonist isn't a human. Yeah, the, our main protagonist this time is a replica, and we still don't so, know
0: if. Uh, but
1: but they're not a replica. That's a
0: slave. They're just doing an honest,
1: regular job. Which no, is,
0: he's a he's supposed to be subservient. Is the point?
1: Well, he is subservient, but I'm saying like he is just doing a. Not bad job. He has a pretty cushiony job that humans would want,
0: which is just a police officer, because people do... Well, he's not a police officer. He's a Blade Runner. Well, Blade Runner, but you he's know a, what I mean. He's a replicant Blade Runner, yeah, so his <laughs> job is to kill other people like him.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the, the the point is, is that he his job is something that a human did. We watched a human be a Blade if Runner. If he was a human. If he was a human.
0: Because we still don't know.
1: But no, he wasn't human.
0: We still don't know for sure, well, basically. Pretty... the movies are The well, movies are still... Well, both well, movies are still up in the air about it.
1: Oh, I thought the I thought specifically it was he was supposed to. That's why they were doing that fluctuation test. Which test? Like when he sits in the room in the second movie, when he sits in the room and he like has to repeat the lines, I thought that was to keep him subservient.
0: That's not the guy from the first movie. (laughs) That's no, no, oh, movie. you mean the... You, yeah, I'm, no, yeah, I'm you, saying we still don't know if Deckard's human or not. Oh, oh, okay. It's still... They specifically yeah. play with the idea of whether he's human or not in both yeah. movies and still don't answer the question. Yeah. Which I I'm fine with.
1: I think, that's, I think that's supposed to be the point, though.
0: Yeah, so that's
1: okay. But the, the point is, is that we've, we clearly know that the second character is a, a replica, and we get to experience life with a out, like, a, a, you know, a known replica so we get to see what he does when he goes home from his day job which is be sad like just, <laughs> just have the saddest life but for that but saddest life in human terms like as a replica yeah, he's, he's got
0: a place to live you don't really get much of uh deckard being home alone does it do you pretty, oh no
1: you you show you, you up to really deckard's home and he's like i put bombs everywhere
0: and then he like, no i mean knowing mean deckard's original home in, oh, the first, a, in the first movie deckard's home was like a weird, like, mess pile of, like, couches and debris yeah. around his apartment. Well, it was, like... But he never spent time in the apartment until somebody else is there.
1: Yeah. He never... He's never really there. Well, he's there alone twice.
0: Um, To enhance.
1: Well, one to is... One is for the enhance. The other time is before the girl shows up. Before... Uh, Rachel. Rachel. There we go. There's a lot of... People's names I didn't want to remember. Rachel's um, the
0: easiest name for me to remember because they said it over and over again in this movie. Yeah. But Rachel is... Uh, until Rachel...
1: Like, when Rachel's on her way to his house, he's sitting there by himself playing the piano looking, like, super, super sad. And, uh, like, laying on the piano and, like, bomb, bomb, bomb. And he's by himself, though. Um, but, we again, we don't really get a view. We, the only time we get, like, the most view is when he comes home after getting his ass kicked. And then you get to see, like... The area like the kitchen where he washes himself, and you get to see the bedroom, or you get to see like the living room where he sleeps on the couch, and then you get to see the dining room which has a piano and then the kitchen that's in he the has back.
0: Big ass apartment. Yeah, it's and it's somehow always filmed to look tiny, you know what I mean?
1: Yes, he has like a really big apartment for one, a world that theoretically is cram packed. Like he everything about, about like the world a, is
0: he, it feels like Decker in the first movie, his apartment is like a thrift sales like building. Yeah. Like that's completely packed with like like it's set up for a garage sale and he's just living in it. Cause like it's when you look at the square footage of it, it just keeps going and going, but it's somehow completely full and he looks like he can't move at all. Like he's stepping over his couch for half the camera shots. Yeah, it and did stuff. look
1: like someone was just like, How many props can we put into one scene without it being a risk to the actor? <laughs> and they just
0: did it. Uh but it started to remind me of the uh <laughs> Like the subway station the Turtles live in and the TMNT, <laughs> where there's like shit everywhere. And you're like, what is this stuff? You, he just, you guys just find things and put it in here? Deckard just opens his window <laughs> and like new shit
1: flies in and he just <laughs> closes it. And he's like,
0: perfect. Can we talk about how Deckard seems to be a terrible Blade Runner? Deckard is like literally the worst Blade Runner I've ever like, seen. Well, And there's not he's a like, lot of them either. We've seen two of them and the, well, other, we've one's, seen two. And the other one's better. But, uh,
1: But, like, de- in the but first- Deckard is just a bad... <laughs> Even not the movie
0: sets him up as being like a guy coming out of retirement and first of all you're like isn't Harrison Ford like 30 something in this movie like he doesn't seems a little early to be in retirement but okay maybe but, he got um, the job at 16 how, don't know how this universe works I mean, everyone's young forever until he's dropped dead like in the movie in time uh, <laughs> to, which surprisingly by the way two movies in we still have surprisingly little glimpse into anything about how this world works aside from how it creates uh, genetic people like, yeah, we have no idea what the day-to-day can, life of this city is. They can make fake people and they can make fake animals, but we don't really know what do people being even, But people do work in this world, but they don't yeah. at
1: the same time because really people We only really ever the see street. the people
0: that work either on food or making the fake animals
1: or like doing weird black market shit. Like the guy was like, "I could tell you where that horse is from." And he's like, "You want a real horse?" And I'm like, "What? No, what who what is your job? What is your t- actual t- at job?" At times it's
0: lacking the ghost in the shell like two guys talking in a truck scene.
1: It that's that's what I was gonna point out. Like the thing I don't like about Blade Runner is I don't feel like I understand where I am, and I don't understand what I am or what what I'm like what people do in the city, like what happens in the city. Because Blade Runner specifically is like there are just fucking people in the street twenty four seven, and I'm like, dude, are you (laughs) going anywhere? Is there like a destination?
0: There's a a fixation. It's like there's such a fixation on the replicant storyline that. Kind of works for the first movie because it's the first movie in the franchise, yeah. and it's also less than two hours long. But then, they have another movie that's even longer, and it's still sing- so fully focused on that one plot point that it starts to get weird at some point. It is it, like yeah. The world, it, I feel like the world should have expanded by now, but to get back to Deckard, actually it shrunk, yeah, which is like the weirdest part. To get back to Deckard, it's just like he's set up as being like the most badass slaughterhouse like. Obliterator, Blade Runner, like wow, he's yeah. so good at this thing. He's the only one that can do this. He's
1: so good. We had to call him in out of retirement to take care of a problem.
0: Yeah, and then Is... in the first movie, he shoots two women in the back, and then gets beat up by two guys, and then never and like doesn't he accomplishes he gets so little? Beat up so easily. <laughs>
1: Holy shit! Every time and, and he someone seems throws... to have
0: terrible judgment, like across yeah. the board.
1: Like every time, anytime Harrison Ford in first in uh, Deckard in first Blade Runner, just Blade Runner. Anytime someone threw a swing at him, that was it. He yeah. was fucked. He lost that fight.
0: There's and a lot of like shots what? where he's like, oh, "That guy." Then he draws his gun, and the gun gets shot, gets thrown across the room, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, come on, man."
1: <laughs> like even even the, even like the final scene of Blade Runner where he's fighting the Aryan race uh and he's like he's like sitting there and he's trying to shoot the guy through the hole and he grabs and breaks his hand or breaks two fingers for some reason not the whole hand just two he's like here's this from one person to the other and then he takes the gun with his other hand and then well like,
0: i think that's because he's just toying with him because he didn't well, plan on killing him yeah
1: but then then the guy runs back to the body like runs back to the dead girl and then fucking decker's just like kind of meandering about and i was like decker if you just yeah so and the, and the whole time he's counting the guy sitting there also, saying, like, four, a,
0: five, the movie, if you just walked over. The movie sets it up like he is going to, like, Deckard is going to, like, investigate and hunt down all of these replicants one by one. It's a film noir, basically. In the entire movie, he hunts down one. And It's actually. I was almost a little confused because I mean, the entire I, movie doesn't really. He seems like he's hunting down the like the main dude. Yeah, but then somehow ends up finding the snake lady almost he, instead. He that's all like, he I finds. I actually wasn't entirely sure yeah. what steps led him there, but I've only the I, picture I could, I could rewatch it and fi- find it. he oh, did the enhance. Right.
1: He did the enhance. Saw her in the bathtub, printed like, out
0: a Polaroid, went to that raised some questions because
1: uh, th- he also found the scale in the bathtub. Yeah, and so he took the scale to the snake guy, and the snake guy was right. like, "It's not the snake," and then he beat him up. And then he found it. It was at a nightclub.
0: So he went right. to the nightclub. Yeah, there was a whole plot, yeah. whole plot line about the snake scale and everything. Yeah, I'm, I was wrong to think that that was like. Not but either way, clear. that's I, it the it only thing. My he head did. for a moment, but like once he found that, yeah, snake that, that was genuine investigation that led up to a thing. Yeah, and it was the one time he accomplishes something in the movie. Basically, yep, is that he investigates. He there's a whole plot line for investigating Snake Girl, and then he finds her, takes her down, and then for the rest of the movie, he almost never accomplishes anything. Well, no, he doesn't
1: have to. Because then after he kills what, Snake uh, what Girl, happens
0: is that the guys that are on the loose go out and wipe out everyone they wanted to and completely accomplish like they don't they don't get what they want because what they want is basically impossible, but they accomplished uh, they got to everyone they wanted to yeah. and no one stopped them at any point along well, the way. And then once they have like a giant trail of blood behind them, Decker's like, Oh, that's where I go. <laughs> and that, I'll go to the finale well, now.
1: Okay, so you like so in a turn of events though, he kills Snake Guy or Snake Girl. After immediately after killing snake girl, the other dude, the original guy who starts the whole thing by shooting
0: the, uh, the interrogator, the like, guy that is in some ways the most developed character in the game yes, at that po- and the movie at that point, uh, and that then, guy then he gets sh- wiped out. He shows up to, her, he like witnesses
1: her die and he goes and fights Deckard and then gets shot in the back. And then immediately after that, you, it's the, the, all the only two people left is the girl
0: and the guy. And so, I don't know how it happened, they but just, then... They just point a giant beacon at themselves, being like, we're right here, and they yeah. go there. Like, he doesn't have to investigate He doesn't them have at all. to do anything. He just sits in his car, and then he figures out, like... And the, I, the entire guess... climax of the movie is Deckard kind of just flailing about and being ineffectual as this guy monologues before he dies, and then he just dies on his own, and Deckard yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, those are those are generally good scenes for that other guy, and, like, that's a fun part of the movie, but, I'm, but I... I I keep being distracted by the weird behavior of Deckard throughout the entire final I mean, scenes. Even the replicants gave me like weird behavior confusion because like the e- replicants, I can hand-wave a lot of stuff just because they know they're about to die. Well, yeah, but like
1: the replicant, the, so they're like, just
0: like they're I, just being manic. I and, guess and whatever the hell it was they just feel so like. weird that they killed the guy. They
1: killed uh, Tyrell. Tyr- 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 what is his name? Tyrell. Tyrell. The guy who kills Tyrell because he's like sitting there having a conversation with him and he's like one-to-one and he's going talking back and forth about cells and different treatment plans and the guy goes like Tyrell just goes like look fam we built you as best as we could dude like there's nothing we can do about it and he goes like oh, okay so he just kisses him and then crushes him or crushes his eyeballs and I was like yep but like but maybe there's a way because technology got us to you existing. So, maybe technology can get us to having replicants live longer. We just need, like, I don't know, a guy smart enough to figure
0: it out that you just killed. Like, maybe. So, I, th- I think he knew he was dying, like, right then. Like, well, like he his, was dying, his, dying. He, yeah,
1: his death was assured.
0: Yeah, because yeah. he, he dies at the end of the movie and no one did that to him. No. He just dies. He's just, yeah, because his four years was up. Yeah. So, like, I think at that point, he's like, oh, this guy, if this guy doesn't have a solution for me, then I guess we're done here. But and why kill him? Because he does whatever the hell he feels like throughout the entire climax of the a, movie. I
1: guess it just bothered me, because it's was like, why did you even bother then? You could have just left
0: angry. Like, killing him means nothing and does nothing for your cause. I think he's just this angry, spiteful person that's just going out. In he's a, just in scared a, of death. He's just, he's just a human a scared fury, of basically. death. Yeah. Yeah. He's going out in a fury, because every time they go after anybody, they, like they ask these people the questions in the worst possible way because like you could just ask questions i love the well, you, i love when you, they, they ask questions at least, they could at least try yeah. just asking questions like but then they, they ask they they make it the... as creepy and interrogating as possible and like make it actively like a problem like the others the eyeball guy and then the eyeball the guy is so dumb yeah it's so
1: dumb because he like they rip off his coat and then he's like I'm very cold, and he's just like answer my questions, and he's like, "Okay." And while he's answering the questions, the other guy is stacking eyeballs on his shoulders,
0: Creepiest. I'm like,
1: I don't. Yeah, but the eyeballs disappear. I'm like,
0: like, can you guys just ask him questions? You can just ask him questions.
1: The eyeballs are disappearing as he's doing it.
0: Well, it's because they keep sliding off his shoulders.
1: No, no, he like puts one on, and he's like trying to hold it on there, and it finally stays. And he moves to go to the next shoulder. And then it cuts the scene, goes to the next scene, that eyeball's gone, and he puts another one on his shoulder. And no, I was like,
0: it's not gone. They're literally, like, you can watch them, like, run down his shoulders. Are like they? they? They just fall off because it's useless. It's
1: just like, why He's are He's just, you... like,
0: being wasteful of eyeballs. Yeah,
1: like, what are you doing? And, and yeah, and he asks questions in the most convoluted way of, like, well, you would like to see what these eyes
0: have seen. And that it's was, like, that's not... That felt like a weird scene in particular for the guy... Doing? For the guy that's at the beginning of the movie, which is, like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was the, uh the f- the opening interrogation with the yeah. replicant yeah I like and, that and then he's and he's like I'll tell you about my mother and he just shoots him in the middle of the interview and yeah. stuff like that like there's also I don't know how he shot him there's a weird there's a weird split where like there's him during that scene and then there's him during the scene where he dies where he's like that character and then there's the scene with the interrogation with the eyeballs where he almost feels like the Joker's lackey yeah like that one. I feel I feel like his actions in that scene almost don't almost weirdly like don't line up with his behavior in the other scenes he's in. Where, it almost, he's, where yeah. he seems like the like almost the everyman of the Cylon, almost some Cylons of the uh, replicants. Yeah, like he's, he's the most regular one. He's supposed it, to be seemingly. just like the regular dude. And he, he's like, not military. But he he's
1: not sex worker. I guess that's a classification of replicants. Yeah. Um
0: but like he's just a cyberpunk it's got to be miserable yeah i guess but he's like supposed (laughs) to be the worst
1: place because like the white haired guy was like a military replicant and then the, the the glasses guy was just a slave replicant with glasses who the fuck programs a replicant that needs glasses um but and then uh then you had the two girls one was also military or something and the other one was a sex
0: worker Oh, no, I think one was lost, a slave and the other one was I lost track of where we were. What, what? replicants had glasses? Who are you talking this, about? The interview. The guy getting interviewed. I don't remember him ever wearing glasses.
1: I think he wore glasses in one scene.
0: I don't know. It's not really important. Oh, no, I, think he I, don't, wore glasses. I don't remember it, though. I
1: think he wore glasses when he, got, when he, when he uh, confronted Decker. I think he was wearing glasses to blend in. And I was like, what are you... I was like, this is really weird. No, I don't...
0: I don't know. I, don't, I could pull it I don't, it out I don't remember it, but Either no, case. It doesn't matter. But
1: uh, Yeah, any case, it, the point being is that he's like the only middle ground. He's like the only one we've ever seen that's a slave. He's the only slave replicant we've ever met. Because all the other ones are like either sex business or military. Well, they're all slaves. Well, but, but you know what I'm saying. Like actual, like I'm assuming he was going around and like they threw him on a planet. It was like mine it until it's good. And it was like, okay, okay I'll make the ecosystem good. Because, like, what's not the point? Replicants are there because they keep telling you, like, go off world. Get the fuck off Earth. Earth sucks. And it's like, all right, well, we'll go. So, like, we don't. And we never yes, see
0: that. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing that happens in both the first movie and the second movie is they say, like, is that why you're not off world? In reference to someone having, like, a health problem. But, like, nobody is off world. I almost feel like I need to do advanced reading to figure out what's happening in the background. Who's of off world? Because no yeah. one leaves this whole. S- we never see this. We never see the work that the replicants do, and we never see what off world is like. Or yeah, why you want to go there? And I don't think there's even a text crawl that ever explains what
1: no. off world is. And we don't even know how far off world is.
0: It's weird because Th- it feels uh, weirder in particular because I think uh, it's just the
1: solar system. Because the guy makes a comment about it in the second one where he's like, I have nine planets. And I'm like, nine planets where? I'm assuming the the solar system?
0: You it's, also- it's one of those things that starts to feel weirder when we transition movies. Because in the first movie... Uh- The first movie doesn't even seem even vaguely detail-oriented. Well, I think the first... It's like a swimmy David Lynch weird-ass, like... But also the
1: first movie was when off-worlding just started. Yeah. So it makes sense no one would leave, because it's still
0: kind of a risky venture. But they still keep referring to people as, like, oh, is that why you're not off-world and stuff like that? That's why you're
1: not jumping ship,
0: yeah. It's just a weird... It's a gap in that the first movie feels like it's not detail-oriented, and it feels like you can just swim through the weird surrealist scenes and stuff like that and just yeah whatever weird yeah they want to express stuff uh but the second movie feels weirdly more concrete and modern and specifically detail driven so it gets so it makes it starts to get slightly weirder how often they refer to things that we still don't actually understand yeah uh i will say like they, like, like they also keep talking about the like was it the blackout yeah the blackout like there's Uh, well, the blackout—the blackout—and no one will explain what it is.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was talking. We were talking about this after the movie, and then I explained to Keith that there is uh, and some people might not actually know. I don't. I don't. I'd be curious how many people genuinely know that the blackout is a thing you can watch, and it's on Crunchyroll, and it's just an animatrix style uh, 15 minute video that explains how the blackout happened. Um, and all it is is it's just like four or five replicants. Basically drive gas trucks into uh Tyrell buildings and just blow up uh they blow up all the servers that they can they can manage to during a uh an e m p strike
0: did they ever mention the blackout during the text crawl no so I think the text crawl just says. Replicants exist. Tyrell existed. There were revolts. Tyrell's gone, and yeah. now there's. That's what the revolts the were. The new thing. The revolts were the new one.
1: Yeah. So what ended up happening? So in blackout, it explains. So he's just. That's like, weird
0: that they didn't mention the blackout in the text crawl when yeah. they had to go on to mention it constantly in the and, movie. And
1: it's like so. The important part is that what happened was when when Tyrell Corporation was going under, basically when they was going bankrupt, you know, it was bankrupt and it's going under. There was a a, a whole like a uh, worldwide initiative to kill every replicant because all the replicants were basically unmanageable now. Tyrell doesn't exist as a corporation. No one can reel in these replicants. So, they were going through and killing all of them because Tyrell had all the information on every replicant that lived, and they were using that data to track them down and kill them. So, the entire goal was to destroy all the data so that no one could find those replicants anymore, aka the ones that had the time The timeline
0: confuses me, by the way, unlike... Or like what happened and why in parts of the story? like So or
1: uh, 2019 no, no, is... So let me ask
0: the question. Yeah, sorry. I haven't said what I'm actually confused about. Sorry, uh, it's There's the weird detail of like how in the first movie, every replicant we're ever, talked, we're ever told about has apparently a four-year lifespan. Yes. But then in the second movie, they say that apparently now there's replicants that live longer, which...
1: Those aren't uh, Nexus 8s.
0: Nexus 8s are the last, uh, the ones... But like, none of the, well, Like, the... whatever you're about to say is, like, not explained at any point. No, like it's not... uh,
1: so the, the the explanation that they give in the movie is that,
0: uh, all it's the... Like me, the... As a, me as a layman viewer that doesn't know anything, didn't do any, like, external reading or anime watching or stuff like that, like, I'm forced to assume that four-year lifespan robots that were mad at you killed your boss, so then you made ones that live forever... For some reason after that it's explained because it seems like they got an upgrade after even though in the first movie their boss gets killed and i'm like i don't know no, no. so i it's, feel like they could have explained something here he,
1: so they did they did and they didn't it's the shittiest explanation ever because this movie had like the worst text crawl in all history so in the text crawl it explains that the guy so uh tyrell corporation went under tyrell corporation made the last models which were the nexus eights uh not the phones just the androids and uh
0: um, that's really distracting by it, the way it is I keep, distracting i, I keep like, ever talking uh, about android
1: phones yeah the nexus 8 phone that's a good phone yeah it only has a four-year lifespan that sucks the uh what about the galaxy 6 a little bit better long term <laughs> they killed they killed that's sam the pleasure model i mean they, they killed <laughs> samsung ceo so they got long life the um uh what ended up happening is so when Tyrell corporation went under they stopped making producing the nexus 8 series and when they stopped being produced. Then the new guy came in, Win Wendell, Windall, Churchill. I don't remember his name. Um but Wendell Windelman, I'm gonna call him Windleman. Whittler? I don't remember. what's his name?
0: I, I mean I said earlier I couldn't remember. I know it starts with WI. But I I keep thinking okay, of Tyrell so, Corporation over and over again. Yeah.
1: Cause cause it's the it's, mo- it's, it's like an easier name to remember than his name. It's weirdly
0: reminiscent of uh how as you go on through uh The alien universe—you stop seeing Wayland Yutani and start seeing somebody else. Yeah, and like that's what I was about to say. So I'm just gonna call him Wayland. So or like Wayland, you stop seeing umbrella and you yeah. start seeing whatever replaced umbrella in uh, the later <laughs> yeah. Evils. There's a weird thing in, sci- in sci-fi dystopias where there's like a super corporation that halfway through the series gets replaced by a different super corporations. But you don't want to remember that one because you, you it's, it's dedicated always hard to, to remember one. the second one's yeah. name.
1: So the new corporation that takes over. He was he uh, started out in bioengineering, doing like art, like basically he saved the world from a famine because all the crops in the world just start stopped existing. I don't know if I know, and so uh, because crops stop existing, he created a way for crops to exist. And I think through his research to do that, he figured out the way to expand the lifespan of um, of the replicas. So he bought Tyrell. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's even
0: true because that's, well,
1: that's what they that's what they kind of hinted is that his that him buying it and when he made his. Models, like, I don't think
0: the first movie ever makes it concrete that the. That the uh, replicants had to have four-year lifespans. It seemed like it was put there in purpose to make them not develop emotions.
1: N- uh, no. Yeah, they they explain that. That's what they, uh, they, that's what they, they, explains it, when fir- he's talking to the guy. He explains in the, in the, to the to first him,
0: movie. They call the four-year lifespan an insurance policy. It is an insurance policy. Like it's intentionally they made them four, live for four years so they don't like Cortana basically like well, they, don't, they don't flip out so i think the the
1: i think that was the excuse as to why it was a four-year lifespan but the way that tyrell explained it to the Aryan guy was that it literally is like genetically there's a problem with keeping them like have long-term lifespans without serious side effects um which i think what he was he was explaining is that like the 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 the, the four year lifespan is an insurance policy and it in it of itself to saying that like no matter what, replicas can't go past four years, so we're safe. Because if they live past four years, they'll die. Because their organs just can't sustain that. We can't do anything to keep their, them biologically functioning more than four years, so it's an insurance policy. Because we know for a fact that they will die off. We don't have to worry about them living forever.
0: But I don't I'm think it was not entirely sure about that, because that, that conversation seemed to make it seem like they were talking about ways to fix the four-year thing in people that already exist.
1: But this is like a book problem. This is a non-explained... Yeah. This is probably something in the book. You could probably read about it. There's some kind of thing Well, that the might book is it. supposed
0: to be so divergent that I don't think it'll answer questions. Well, it'll I'm, be, I'm... It'll be a whole separate story, essentially. True.
1: But I'm saying they may have some kind of knowledge as to why the four-year thing exists. Maybe they'll explain whether it was intentional or unintentional, at least. Um, but in any case, the idea is, yeah, now that these new models that came out from the Whalen Utani Corporation, that's not Weyland-Yutani... Uh, <laughs> he uh his models apparently you can they can just live for a, either forever or for a limited time i
0: thought the only reason the new ones live longer is because uh they were they could let these ones live longer because they they'll stay subservient cuz the the doubling text crawl says that the new ones obey that's the whole point they make yeah and i think that's the only, i i still think they can live for longer than 4 years and they only uh, had to die after four years because they specifically wanted them to die before but, they developed emotions but then
1: they act like the fucking pregnancy thing is a like a, a huge mystery as if it's like well you bought tyrell's entire company you know they're like well it got lost lost in what Tyrell's company didn't burn to the ground like it's he just died and then the guy left he the guy literally didn't like burn his room you could have just gone on his computer and figured out how he made a fucking impregnable replica like how do you you can figure out how to make them live forever and you can't make them pregnant and but you also act like it's just so confusing like you can make them subservient more than Tyrell Corporation could but you can't figure out this one thing that Tyrell did somehow like he couldn't figure out how to make them obey but he could certainly make them reproduce which seems like a harder thing to do
0: in the grand scheme like, uh, like repli- you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going on with the reproductive thing.
1: Reproductive Neci- thing sounds way harder to make, like a physical pro, like a physical thing happen. It's like they're essentially weird
0: human clones that are powered up in certain ways. That, like, one of the one of the weird things about the replicants going going on throughout the series is realizing that they're not like robots, that they are like apparently just people.
1: They're genetically altered humans.
0: Yeah, that's all they are. Yeah. Like so. It seems like they're trying to grapple with the idea in the sequel specifically that now they live longer and everything, like, they're just, like, so indistinguishable from humans that there's no reason to treat them as anything less or anything like that. But they still But somehow they can't give birth, which is, like, a weird distinction. Or they can, but we don't know
1: that they can give birth. Or only one can. Because, Because that's the thing we also don't know. Like, are people having sex with these robots on the daily? And is it, like, a... Do, does it have to be human and replica to make it work? One of the slightly work, odd or... leaps
0: between the movies is that uh, the first one is very talkative, yes, in, in, with its runtime. The second one is very quiet. Yeah, it's a lot of oh, blah, God blah. damn it! That, blah, like that non-stop shit is sit. so annoying. It started to wear on me, and it was it was weird because like I, like I watched like Drive and Only God Forgives and stuff like that. Like I've actually. Watch this weird ongoing subgenre people apparently are making, which is movies where Ryan Gosling, uh, mostly stares into the middle distance while colorful stuff happens in the background in a artsy movie. Like that's weirdly a reoccurring AKA thing. Aka easy as fuck paycheck. And, then, like just to just to drive into this, then like how much uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Reffin liked to make this kind of movie. Like his next movie he made was literally called Neon Demon. Didn't feature at Razz and Gosling, but boy, if it doesn't have very long scenes of somebody in front of like a glowing pink, uh, purple triangle and mirrors and lasers everywhere. Sounds very. I'm not saying anything out loud it and sounds stuff like that. Perfectly eighties. But like, uh, it was weird seeing like these, like these, like almost like window, like like Nicholas Whiting like, like lookalike scenes start yeah. happening in this like two and a half hour movie where surprisingly little happens. But they constantly make room for, like, shot after shot of, like, oftentimes, like, a full minute or more straight of, like, synth chords playing over a landscape that's either oftentimes blue or orange. Yeah, very blue or orange. To the point Um, where they're cutting from blue locations to to orange locations at times. Near the end of the movie, it's very, like, when they're in Vegas, it's very, like... Vegas, bright orange, Vegas is literally blue, orange. Bright
1: orange, dark blue, and, and it's like, okay, yeah. I get
0: it. <laughs> like the like the Blade Runner office is very blue, and Vegas is very orange, and they get yeah. directly between them so that the whole screen goes from blue to orange. You're and like, then oh,
1: even yeah, man. like in okay. the, yeah, and the Blade Runner HQ is orange, and so is Vegas is orange, and but then like the outside world is blue, and it's like I don't. All right, man,
0: got the colors down, but yeah. so despite being. Like, noticeably longer than the first movie. The second one strangely gets less details out uh, along the way. And there's long stretches of, like, silence and very slow progression towards things. It's like, in both movies, I was kind of surprised by how little happened overall. But the first movie, I just kind of enjoyed myself. Even Like, I even like the ending and everything like that. Even though I, I just get distracted by how bizarre Deckard's behavior is throughout the end of the movie. Uh but in the sequel, I'm just like, okay, this is, this is a lot of scenes of just silence and loud blaring synth sounds. And it, I'm like, I don't... It, 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 it's a thing where, like, it, uh, it specifically know. reminds me of people's analysis of, of Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Because people analyze how Michael Bay shoot, shoots things. Like, he always has the swooping camera and the spinning camera and, yeah. ooh, cameras going everywhere. Yeah. And they call it Bayhem. And, uh, hey. and I think, I think this was Lindsay Ellis or it might've been somebody else. I can't look it up right now, but Shout uh, out. I think it's come up a few times now about across a few different video essays. It's just that, this idea that like Michael Bay has no restraint. And so he has a problem where he shoots every shot the same way, which is way too much, way too yeah. much to the point where they make fun of it regularly in other movies. Like, uh, was it Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Like, uh, the, in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, Chris Evans is, like, in a, basically, like, a parody of a M- Michael Bay movie, and you can see him playing on, like, the television when, when Scott's leaving the room, and he's, like, in a phone booth while the camera's spinning around him yeah. and stuff like that, because, like, that's just how Michael Bay shoots everything. But the problem with, with Bayhem is that he will do that every scene. It's so, like the big dramatic scene where a major character gets sliced in half by robot sword or something like that is shot the same way as, like, two people sitting in a cafe. Like, wow, rapid camera, crazy, what's going on here? So, it's like, this movie started to have that problem, where every scene was set up so dramatically, with so much synth and slow, progressing uh, (sighs) setup shots, and, like, everything had such a weird weight to it all the time, that like nothing felt like it had weight anymore. Yeah, because like every scene was so dramatic that nothing felt dramatic. Like it it was. It, uh, th- by the time you get through two and a half hours of it, it was like weirdly fatiguing. Yeah, in a way that never happened to me in the first movie.
1: It it is. Yeah, I did get to a point where I was I was starting to get fed up
0: with nothing happening. Like it got to the point where I knew I could take a uh, bathroom break. At one point, the moment a conversation ended, and you, I would get you, back you before you more dialogue a, happened.
1: You took that break, and something happened. Which is, like, the you picked the one time that nothing happened. Like, you picked the one time where nothing didn't happen, which is impressive. Because, like, the moment you got up, it was like, now we have action. And I was like, Keith, how did you do this? Like, the, the, we just sat for
0: two hours and nothing was happening. So I felt safe because every time they finish a conversation, I yeah. know that nothing's going to happen but, for, like, three more minutes. But then the moment Harrison showed up, it was like, oh, well, the action button, action button, action button. Like, it, it's so oh, weird. Oh, by the way, yeah. If you somehow, if you're bizarrely one of those people that watches these without watching the movie, yeah, Harrison Ford is surprisingly, like, not in the second movie
1: very much. He shows up at the very end, basically. He shows up to be a
0: hostage. I wish... That's his entire purpose in the movie, is to be a hostage. Like, I wish the movie hadn't so heavily set up how much he was going to be in it. I wish that... Because, like, I was, like, he, like, it just adds the question of when he's going to show up all the time. Yeah, I kind of
1: just wish they didn't tell me.
0: Like they I have, wish it was just a surprise. His, they use phone calls, not phone calls. They use the recordings of the, of the interrogations he did. In he used
1: audio movie. rips from the first movie.
0: Yeah. Basically. They use the scenes from the first movie. And, uh, for all I knew, if I hadn't seen all the stuff about it already, which I, I didn't even watch trailers about this movie, but like just the, he's on the cover, like he's on the, yeah. the fucking movie poster as a giant, like blue Harrison Ford or something, uh, for all I knew, if I was just watching the movie Cold, like, all those audio logs could have been leading up to finding, like, his grave. <laughs> like, yeah. He could have not been in the movie for all I knew. He could have been and dead. knowing in uh, advance that he was going to be in the movie is kind of a bummer because, like, then you're just waiting two hours for him to show up. I mean, it's also, yeah, it's also weird
1: because, like, you don't know. Uh, at the end of the first Blade Runner, it kind of doesn't tell you what happens to him, obviously. It just kind of, like, and and to be, and that's it. You know,
0: so you just... They both end weirdly abruptly. Yeah, they both like end so abruptly,
1: but, like, so you don't know, and you could just very well assume that, like, he could be dead, or, like, he could have left off-world. Like, being him being off-world would have been more interesting, because then at least somebody I know left.
0: Somebody like, actually left yeah, Earth, that we, like, and we know about it, I, yeah. as opposed to just this weird illusion.
1: Yeah, and maybe it even has a scene where it's like, he, they call him from off-world. Where, he, like, Ryan Gosling gives him calls, like, yo, man, what the fuck? You got a fucking robot pregnant? And he's like, oh, I'm a bad. And, you know, it's like...
0: You got the robot pregnant? And it's like... They're not robots,
1: Andrew. But you know what I mean, though. But it's like, you call him and it's off-world and you can su- kind of see, like, a shot of the off-world colony or something. I don't know. But regardless of the point, the point is that he shows up and it's... There's no reason for him to be there, honestly. He doesn't add anything to the movie. Like, realistically, think about what, what, is, what is it that he said at all that added anything to the movie. He just showed up and was like, hey, sometimes to love somebody, you got to be a stranger, which is supposed to be for the audience to think that he means that he loves Ryan Gosling because Ryan Gosling is supposed to be the kid that was born from the synthetic William, William or isn't. from the replica, but isn't. So then, like, what is your point, Harrison? Why were you here besides being grumpy and old? Because he just showed up was Grumpy and old punched a couple of people, specifically Ryan Gosling, a lot. Um,
0: <laughs> There's a scene where he just punches him like seven times pu- in the face, and Ryan and isn't he's fighting just back. there.
1: Yeah, Gosling's just <laughs> taking it, and then Harrison Forge is doing old man punches at him, and then he gets kidnapped and he's in handcuffs the entire time. And then, one you know, then once t- he t- has a talk with fucking sh- whatever I don't know, this
0: the worst owner of a company I've ever seen. And then I have myself like, questioning what the movies are going for and like what their goal is, and I might need to I, rewatch them a few times I to try to figure out like... ideas of this because like there's a weird sense of like not doing anything in these movies. I you thought it was I mean? supposed
1: to just be a like kind of a very slow, slow kind of real life. What would it be like if you
0: just were a cop? Like they, it, there's moments where it feels like these movies as like their goal is somehow just to like wallow in the misery of a universe and that's it and because like in both movies the protagonist in you it, it kind of feels like they don't do anything
1: well they don't well i don't know ryan ryan actually like in the first felt movie like he did he, more or in K, the, sorry K. in the
0: first movie he unsuccessfully hunts down uh he he fails to hunt down replicants that are just going to die anyway and do and, uh, only
1: one dies by natural yeah.
0: causes. But then in the, and then in the second one Ryan Gosling is like hunting for the identity of a child. Well what well
1: no, he's hunting for the identity of what was a child but now is an adult that they have no idea what could possibly look like now.
0: And there's there's a weird sense of like not really knowing where it's going to go or how the story's going to yeah. advance from there and then it just cuts off. Like it, it feel it it make it weirdly feels like we only started setting up what was going to happen and then just stopped
1: yeah it it, 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 well it does reveal the twist at least like you know who the the child is
0: yeah at least you know both movies end with a very heavy sense of just being unresolved
1: yeah but they do end without you feeling i wonder if
0: like the point of these movies is just just to make you express the hopelessness of the setting maybe because it feels I, like like i don't feel like they're gonna win at the end of either movie like like i, I never think like oh they're, they're gonna they'll be fine but like, no is, i'm like this is there de- is no winning flailing,
1: right there is no winning that's the thing i think the entire point is that there is no winning it's just you've got to Life is just about going with the flow. Shit happens and you just kind of got to take the punches and blows and keep going. I don't think go with the flow
0: is the message of either movie. Well, no, I'm They're saying, literally both movies about rebellion. Well, I'm saying the
1: replicas are rebelling. I'm saying the people, like the, the Blade Runners themselves kind of just have to go with it. They just do what they need to do and then just go. Because that's all they do.
0: Where do we go from here? Do they make a third Blade Runner movie that's also about a Blade Runner that successfully Blade Runs once and then questions why he's Blade Running and then never Blade Runs again while act, acting against the Blade Runner's purpose? That seems to be like where they go with these.
1: I just want... i You know what? I would rather if it turned into just Blade. Blade? <laughs> How about we just drop the Runner and just make another Blade? <laughs> what? Like... I don't know do a crossover call it blade slash runner it's like oh it's blade and blade runner mixed together So now they're vampires since that is uh, replicas
0: I don't know I don't know what you're <laughs> doing right I don't know what you're doing right now and I'm not I'm not going to give you any help <laughs> it's this is all yours the, the point I'm trying to make this is, is your that fault. I don't
1: I don't know I don't know where this franchise goes there's nowhere else for it to go at this point, honestly. You can you can try going the Hunger Games route where it's like, let's follow the bubble girl as she does a rebellion with the replicas to allow pregnancy. But like I don't I don't really know what else there is to do. Um besides replicas just be, being treated like what you're just gonna go least, like to At Civil least the War? protagonist
0: didn't get all weirdly rapy this time.
1: Well like, because he's a well he did get kind of rapey. When? Uh, I don't know, that time where he like used a prostitute
0: to have that's sex not, with a robot. That's not what rapey means. It that's felt, literally that's literally like sex working. It felt kinda weird. Well, of course it felt weird. It was the mo- it was intentionally supposed to be the most bizarre, uncomfortable but, thing but, ever. But, but like, I'm saying, like, even But like in the first movie, Harrison Ford tries to force a woman to kiss him. And then she like runs away crying and tries to go out of his apartment. And then he slams the door shut when she tries to open it, then slams her against a wall and says, Tell me you want it. And I'm like, What's happening right now? This is the creepiest like No, it's I, not, like, uh, like throughout the whole first just, movie, I was like, Am I supposed to like Harrison it's Ford or is bad... he the antagonist? Because no, I like the I like the guy who dies at the end better than the protagonist in the first Blade Runner movie. <laughs> it's a good it's a good scene, just
1: it's just executed poorly.
0: It's like super uncomfortable. It's
1: it's it's a good scene because the entire (laughs) crux of the scene is that when he kissed her, she felt something. But she's not supposed to feel anything. She's supposed to be a fucking replicant. And so she gets upset, but then she's upset that she's upset because she's not supposed to be upset and runs to get out. And Harrison Ford is trying to stop her and saying like, just embrace your emotion. It's okay to have emotion. And that's the point he's trying to make. But then they have to do it weird and rapey because it's yeah, a man and a woman. He does and, it the weirdest yeah. way possible. Like, if it was a guy, if it was another guy and, like, he you know, they were having a no drink. No homo, bro. No, but if it was, like, another guy and they were having a drink and he, like, he, you know, and Harrison was just, like, you know, says something and the guy gets really upset and then he just, like, gets up and he's like, I gotta go and Harrison's uh, like, no. That don't go. God. Just, like, let it out, man. It's okay. And he just yeah, started somebody crying. Somebody always wants
0: to ask questions, it always, like, these movies screw with me a bit. Because, like, even with uh, Rachel, there's moments of, like, she's not supposed to know she's a replicant? She was never supposed to know, but that... But, the- like, she's supposed to also... Replicants aren't supposed to feel emotions? Well, yeah, replicants are... So then how could she be... Re- how could she be bothered by feeling emotions if she didn't think... If she didn't know that she wasn't supposed to feel the emotions until, She like, did know at that point. Yeah, but until then, she had a whole life of, of either no, feeling emotions or not feeling emotions. My well, like, whole life. Jesus, Keith. She had, like, a year. But, like, she already (laughs) existed before the revelation, so she would have already known whether or not she was an emotional person or not. It's not like she's like, oh, I'm a replicant, now I'm going to suddenly force myself not to feel emotions. Like, that's not how people deal with that kind of revelation. Well, okay, here's the thing. We don't actually know when she was made. That's
1: our problem. We have no idea. She just shows up into a room. Or he, Harrison Ford shows up to a room, and she's there and says, like, don't touch my owl. And he's like, nice owl. (laughs) And don't touch my owl like because they have the owl just sitting there yeah that's and, completely accurate recounting of what they said uh, it's basically he shows up he's like nice owl is it real and she's like of course not and he's like was it expensive and she's like i don't know and uh or she said yes she either said it was very expensive or she doesn't know how expensive it was and then anyways then the dude shows up then tyrell shows up and he's like hey i want you to like prove to me this eye testing works even though like I had to have been, had a hand in creating it because they're supposed to detect replicants that I make, so I should know that the eye thing works, but whatever, show me it That's anyways. not what
0: it was for, at all. The <laughs> that's I, the, that's the eye not the thing? point of that scene. I thought, the, I thought the eye thing was to detect No, replicants. that's not the point of that scene. He, exp- he explicitly is trying to beat it. No, I know,
1: but I'm I'm saying, like, he, but he acts the way, like, well, I want to see a demonstration. Yeah. Demonstration of what? The only th- the thing you made? Like you know how it works? Because he's trying to beat it. No, I know, but he becomes off in such I don't, a weird I don't, way. What are you
0: surprised about? It, I don't understand why you're confused. It
1: doesn't. I'm not confused. I'm just he saying.
0: Explicitly he, is
1: trying to defeat I, the test. But when you see him, when you see him, you don't know that. Like the, you don't realize he's trying to beat it until she starts taking it, and once he starts taking the test, you realize, oh, she's a replicant. That's why he wanted to make him do the test. But before then, he's just being questionable about
0: like, well, I'd rather well, that's you the point me. is to not, not hint that the person taking the test is a replicant to further increase the chance of fooling the person taking the test. Well, I
1: don't mean to explain it to Harrison. I meant the audience goes like, what? Don't you make it? Why are you questioning?
0: I mean, you're 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 questioning a thing that's explained like uh, 10 seconds later that's not the point the point i'm
1: trying to make is he questions it he's being weird and then it moves on to the (laughs) fact that she takes the she takes the thing we don't know she he just shows up says hey give her the test as a demonstration she does it and we don't know anything about her we have no idea she just literally came off the fucking factory line she could have just been born put some clothes on and walked into that fucking room
0: we we know we know they have a past
1: how long is the past
0: because there's an indication that she's been there for a while for a while just in the way that she behaves generally but also the fact that like like she like does she know she's a replicant and he says I, I, I think she's beginning to suspect which this all indicates passage of time like all of this infers that uh, there's but, actual history but
1: the point I'm saying is like is that six months a year?
0: two years, like, how long... Any amount of time. Well... All it matters is that she existed already, so it doesn't sound well, like she's gonna suddenly but... be like, oh, I'm a replicant, I will now be emotionless well, saying, android, I'm so, like, the point I don't see your... how the rapey scene liberates her. No, like, She already I'm... had emotions.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, the point of your question is, like, I don't know how long she's been questioning that. Is she just recently... Because Ryan Gosling also thought he was a rep, Like, he... He... He was a replicant, and then he thought he wasn't a replicant, because he was having emotions, and then... He, like... So, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: Ryan Gosling never thought he wasn't a replicant. He just thought he was born from a replicant. Huh? I
1: thought he... Wait, I thought Ryan Gosling thought he was a replicant in the very beginning. He
0: always thought he was a replicant. Yes, I'm saying... never stopped. No, I know, and I'm... No, you can't say I know. I'm literally, like, countering what you literally said just now. Okay, so the He said he thought he wasn't a replicant.
1: The point I'm making is that Ryan Gosling knew he was a (laughs) replicant... Then decided to then
0: thought he wasn't. No, I thought he. He never stopped thinking he was a replicant, or
1: st- or what have thought he was born from a replicant. Yeah, which is why he was having emotions because you technically have to be. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's no point. No point in explaining it. I, the, th- I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, there's. It's just too much. Too much effort. Is there the, a, the is point? The, do you have a point? Yeah, I do have a point. It's just too much effort. Moving on. The, what? the entire point, uh, the entire idea, though, is uh, people are watching this. Yeah. Well, Do you have a point? well, every time I try to keep bringing it, it's like interrupted and it's taking too long. And now I feel like I've wasted way too much well, time. Well, if you,
0: all the stuff you're saying to set it up has to be right. The
1: Otherwise, point I'm making is work. here's the point. The point is that she may have been going through life thinking that the way that she feels is how a normal human feels. She wouldn't know any better. So the point is, is that her acting that way is because she thinks that she is a person. She thinks she's a person, but she just thinks that that's how people act. She doesn't know any better. So, when she starts having these emotions, she realizes, holy shit, this is what emotions are like. I haven't been having emotions. I, like, I literally, I literally am a replica confirmed because I haven't been having emotions until this moment. And now, I'm having emotions. It's scary because I'm not supposed to, which means I'm gonna definitely get fucking killed by Blade Runner over here who I just kissed. And it's like...
0: Except the test that they put her through... Is based around emotional responses. And the reason why she's so hard to detect and why it takes way more questions than normal to detect that she's a replicant is because she already had emotions. The very first time we met her. That was the point of the entire scene.
1: She did not act like she had emotions.
0: But that was the point of the scene. That's what's explained to you is that it takes tons of questions to identify her as being a replicant because this emotional response test wasn't flagging her. Oh, they're all. They also further it's... go into that in the new movie by being all like, uh, like, oh, she likes him, doesn't he? Doesn't she? Based on the owl conversation about the, how the personal questions are are part of like how you uh, like while the personal questions were happening, like she was like s- sort of uh, antagonizing him because she liked him. Like, is this a test to yeah, see I if don't... I'm a replicant or a lesbian and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, she was being antagonistic throughout the conversation.
1: I didn't really get. I don't know. When you ask. It's I, a. I don't really understand what. Like. Asking the,
0: questions about these movies gets me into a weird mess what is, sometimes. What is the or, point of that? I might have to watch them several more times, but I don't want to watch the second one over and over again, is the problem. I don't think you <laughs> have to. Because it's so long. I feel like
1: the second one you can kind of just not. Like you got all the things you needed out of the first. When we one got out of the, the when we one.
0: got out of the second theater, the, when, we got, when we got out of the theater of the, the second movie, I told Andrew that like we were kind of. I was kind of looking for like the bottom corner YouTube thing that plays at like one point five times speed. It's very slow because it's just if you cut just, out if it, you just want to know the story and the characters and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of like. Look yeah. at this pretty blue and orange thing. If you well, cut out all the of the place.
1: Yeah, if you cut out all of the Ryan Gosling staring scenes and just the let's take 30 sec or let's take like 30 minutes to fly over a, a place, then you could probably have a movie that's like about the same length, maybe 2 hours, maybe like almost an hour 30. You could have maybe like an hour, like,
0: probably... I, I like pretty scenes, but I do like, too, usually but... the I feel like the impact should be tied to something it's i i don't even But remember. like there's so many like large scale scenes of, like look at this i remember look at like, this. Look. i remember la looking like shit how many times do we fly over la in the first movie i remember the opening scene with like the fiery do, things do
1: you fly over la in the
0: first movie or whatever it was set i assume it's la or uh, whatever was it because everyone there spoke japanese i don't know Really not the important part of the question. Were they in Japan That's really not the important part of the question. You asked how many times we fly over L.A. in the first movie. That's really not the, the... The location's not really my point. Oh. I'm saying, like, how many, how many like, like city shots were there in the first movie? I'm trying to remember, because like I remember the opening one where it's like, here's those fire stacks and stuff uh,
1: like that. That one, and then there's well, technically one and a half, which hit, is him overlooking the city when we, he's standing we, on we, balcony. Because we hit a point in the
0: second movie where it feels like they won't stop. <laughs>
1: Uh, In the first one, they only showed the overarching of the city usually, I think it was a max of four times. I think four times they did it. Two of the times that they did it were very, were the ups, where they were looking up at it, not looking down at it. They did a lot of the, uh, like, looking from, they did, like, the Ghost in the Shell thing, where it's like, we're standing here, and we're looking up at the city, and you can see things happening in the city. But, like, they never did the fly into the shots of the city. They only did it once in the beginning they did the fly-in at uh the first time but then he never flies anywhere like yeah Harrison Ford never leaves that city I don't know what city it is doesn't tell you
0: They might have told us I don't care it I doesn't think matter. in the
1: I think in the beginning of the point at least yeah but uh it just you stay in that city he never flies out of it never flies over it he just stays in that city and the most he's ever done is fly to a different district he like gets up and flies somewhere else but he doesn't fly to a different city, just flies to like, ah, oh, this part of town now, because guys are trying to rip the back of my car off, like midgets were ripping his car apart. <laughs> I,
0: like, I forgot about this scene. Yeah,
1: they're just like ripping his car apart, he's like, bum, bum, bum. but um, yeah, in this movie, there's a lot of traveling. There was like, let's go to LA, let's go back to, where, where were we? Was that LA? I, where was the whole movie taking place at? I
0: don't I, know. Because I remember
1: the LA dump. LA was literally just a trash heap, and then California was like a solar panel farm, but I don't know where the movie took place at. Was it in California?
0: Was it- I, I assume the whole movie took place in California until they went to to Vegas for the location where apparently the, all the radiation was. I didn't even know that was Vegas until like... Because I, like- I don't think they tell you at first, they just say that there's only one place with that kind of radiation yeah. and stuff like that, and then they go off and then to the, into a desert area and it becomes apparent that it's like a gambling and drinking area. I'm like, oh, this is Vegas. That's This makes sense. Yeah. That's probably the future at some point. <laughs> it's probably the future at some point that Vegas just gets nuked. Nevada's just a place where, like, if isn't Nevada a place where actual radiation is just dumped? I think we use it as a nuclear dumping ground. Like,
1: I don't think you're allowed to empty I don't ass think you're,
0: like, allowed to dump nuclear radiation. I think that Nevada might actually be where they house, like, a lot of Long-term garbage. I think problems. they, I
1: think they house a lot of the radiation in barrels, but they don't dump it. I don't think you well, can dump radiation. You know what? I, that's but, not really the point. But uh, it, but it's the site of like all of our testing. It was like, yeah. right? You know, it's like, well, not Vegas, Explosive but New tests. Mexico. No,
0: you're not blowing up actual cities. No, but the gargantuan emptiness that is the rest of that region. That whole state is empty. Yeah,
1: it's not much. It's like
0: 80 of the population's in two towns. Yep. Reno and and uh, Las Vegas? Yep, and they're on opposite sides of each other. Reno up
1: north and Vegas down south. So, <laughs> that's about it. But in any case, we basically... We don't leave the city in the first one. The second one, we leave quite often. We go to Vegas... Or, I'm sorry, we go to LA. Then we go back to the city. Then we go back to LA. And then we go back to the city. Then we go to Vegas. And then we go back to the city. And, and then we're going to Vegas. But then Ryan Gosling interrupts it by becoming a TIE fighter. And then we go back. Becoming a tie fighter? Because he's like, he's in a point. Oh, he's right. Like, he's like, doo, 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 doo. and the one ship's like, ah, he's like, I can't get to the core. And it's like, you gotta do it, Luke. And he's like, turn us is around. It's interesting
0: getting a hint at some kind of actual, like, ship-to-ship combat. It's weird that, that they would program that. It's weird that they would put they guns on this. Stun- I was yeah. a little surprised that they actually have weapons, but I guess he's a Blade Runner, so maybe that's the point, is he could hunt down somebody was that's he trying still- to flee. Was he still
1: using his Blade Runner car? Also, he shot the satellite. He, like, shot his little robot out, but he... I don't know where it went. (laughs) When he's chasing them down to do the fire scene, he's like, get out! And he, like, shoots it, and he's like, something, something, and he flies off. And then I just never see that robot again. It never shows up to land on top of his car, to go back, and it's just... It just never comes back. It's just gone. It just flies away. It doesn't shoot any of the cars down. He just shoots it out, and then shoots the other vehicles down and
0: then we're talking about the drone coming out of the vehicle yeah the drone which, that comes at the which, camera drone which time that it came out are you talking i don't know what he, you're when he was about chasing right them
1: down to shoot them down when harrison ford was captured he like shot it out of his car he like ejected it and it came out of the roof and then it flew off and then i assumed he was using it as like tactical support but he just never references it again and then.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I can comment on this one. And I then he lands. Remember.
1: It's the boat again. He just lands, like, bu- and then it's on bunch the roof. There
0: different scenes where it goes off, but I don't remember. Well, the the
1: three scenes that it exists in mostly. So he has like the Vegas scene where he he gets out and he says like just fucking scan so it.
0: It mostly comes up to scan in the first uh, in the first yeah, like, yeah was essentially like the cold open of let's just, let's see him Blade Runner for the first time and last yeah. time in the movie.
1: Yeah, so that the first time well, he, 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 he uses Drax is as a camera, which is like they still do enhance with it. He's like he tells it like go to he he tells it quadrants to go to but he can't he can't tell it to go to quadrants because it's the outside and the outside doesn't have quadrants
0: like what are you talking about well, now? no when he takes the when he has the thing, <laughs> I okay, don't know what you were talking when about
1: he, in the first scene he sends it out he sends out the drone. He comes out, looks at the tree, says, like, ah, it's a really old tree, looks down, sees there's flowers, and goes, huh, that's weird. I guess someone was buried here because flowers equal burial. And so he just, like, puts it in the bag, and he tells the robot to, like, go to Quadrant, blah, blah, blah. And the robot just starts hovering over the tree. I was like, how did you signify this Quadrant?
0: Did you show up and they like made? I don't remember the exact thing he said in that exact scene, but I remember multiple multiple times where he's like thirty degrees and stuff like that, which is just telling it to like rotate and stuff like that. He said like a he told it to get to the tree
1: and to get to the tree. He said like a quadrant area, and I was like, what the fuck is what quadrant is the tree in? And then when he the tree was looking at it.
0: He was like, do a... Like, there might be a local grid system that projects around the actual landing site whenever maybe. they land somewhere. Because then, uh, same with uh, the... I don't see a reason to pick a party in that. It's no, a, it's, it's just... Whole, it's completely reasonable that it makes no, sense. No, I was just
1: making... The, say that He did the enhanced thing again. Oh, yeah. Like, the drone was the, the new enhanced. Because he does it in Vegas, too, where he's like...
0: The enhanced... Seven, eight, The, the enhanced nine. thing really fucks with me in the first movie. Yeah. Because, like... In the second movie, there's, like, a weird, like... It seems like they're, like, like x-ray visioning underground to see, like, a thing.
1: They did x-ray vision.
0: Yeah. They'd... Like, the second one, I'm like, okay, yeah. They're, like, they're scanning and they're just showing it visually. Yeah. Uh, In the first movie, it's one of those things where, like, because it's a sci-fi universe where everything... Where there's no... There's no fish-out-of-water protagonist. Nobody explains anything. Yeah. And one of the moments of that in the first movie is, like, there's a... Essentially a Polaroid picture with, like... Huh, that's a weird picture of a room. Hey, computer, magically show me what's behind stuff in this picture. I'm like, excuse me? He shoves it in his DVD player. Yeah, and then they scan around behind stuff and go into another room and then through a mirror and then behind another object and then take a picture of that and print that. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, he
1: zooms into the mirror and then shifts the photo over, yeah, which like- then shows a reflection of a girl in a tub, which he then zooms in on, sees she has a tattoo, and then prints out what appears to be like the shittiest quality polaroid ever taken <laughs> uh even though he it's, clearly a, it's a saw. weird experience because
0: like, i keep zooming in and zooming in and i'm like okay so we're like mathematically extrapolating what the vision, what it probably looks like visually or something yeah. like that like i can kind of buy some really some really like spiffy impressive ai like trying to make up vi- visuals essentially sure but there's a part where it it it's i believe it pans sideways and to look around something. It does. It pans to look around. Cuz the thing around. is on the way. Well, yeah, cuz the wall. Also he, he, he zooms in on the girl and then prints a picture of the girl that looks different. Yes. Like the picture of like prints out is from a different angle than the one that was in the photo. I'm like, are these Harry Potter paintings where like they're like sentient and can walk around? Like I don't The ones in 2 were? Yeah, and, and did yeah, did yeah. Yeah, you know in, you in, in 2 the second... they had the countdown timer going and I was yeah, like, what's in that? in the second <laughs> movie he has like what looks like those physical not not polaroids but those like those like Just 16 by 9 yeah, looking like four by photo prints fucking, you would get as like a yeah, normal life like a walking all the way down to having like shitty like red text on it like some of the bad ones would we'll yeah. have sometimes but then you realize the t- red text is like ticking and you're like wait a minute this thing's a display
1: yeah this is this seems like wasteful technology well everything in that world is wasteful technology did you not <laughs> notice that there's like okay you know what here's a here's a good point i want to it's a side side point but i want to make it nudity in the first blade runner there was two scenes?
0: Was two. there nudity in the first Blade
1: Runner? Yes, uh, when the girl is getting changed, the snake girl. When is she's it getting... on-screen nudity, though, yes. or just suggested nudity? Nope, like, on-screen.
0: I, I remember naked shoulders and you stuff. See her,
1: you see her titties. I remember that. I don't remember. Uh, she's, when she's getting dressed and she pulls up her boots, she's standing there at a sideways angle. The camera's sitting right here looking directly at her from the side angle. And she pulls
0: up her first boot and it kind of blocks her boob. And the then sec- she does the, the next one's one. definitely like, this woman's naked, the, this woman's naked. Here's a, one... a giantess naked yeah. uh, hologram. The second one just kept... Here's, a hologra- th- here's an entire hallway of like eight naked statues.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the second one kept shoving nudity. And I was like, okay, okay, look. It felt natural in the first one because like whatever it's like a dystopian it, kind of world but this one's more like look we could put tits wherever we want and i was like oh, i get it that's great just could I, you not? i think
0: it speaks to my earlier point about the second movie where it feels like it's a little too visually motivated
1: it is like yeah. it's like
0: visuals 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 i do agree with the, that the intention which i'm not necessarily against a beautiful when movie you, when you have great, a complicated but, sci-fi universe yeah. where i'm trying to understand what's happening i can't help but wish time was spent on details yeah i wish less time was spent on
1: giant naked statues
0: yeah there's a lot of naked people there's like six naked naked statues giant holograms
1: and they had nipples you spent the time to put nipples on a statue but you can't just explain stuff in the plot to me
0: and then scenes of like here's a woman being born as a fully formed adult replicant woman and she's naked and then we stab her to death and then we leave i'm like all right yeah also say hello to Jared Leto. God,
1: that fucking character. Jared awful. Leto's
0: back. That character's so bad.
1: He he's like the worst character in that entire franchise. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, he. Jared Leto's interesting, not because as the actor. Like... I'm just saying the character he plays is like the worst character.
0: Yeah, I don't I know if it's, it's him or not. Honestly, but... I think Jared Leto's fine as an actor. Yeah. Uh, He's, but, only, he's generally well, I mean, bad people, in bad movies. Some people get mad at movies. him because of the Joker thing, but yeah, I'm, not, but I'm that, not
1: making that point. I'm making the point that the character that, he represented... That's a
0: boring argument. That's when people went after Ben Affleck for being in Daredevil. And it's like, he didn't make Daredevil a bad movie. It's just Ben
1: Affleck, man. Leave him alone.
0: Yeah, Daredevil was bad on its own. He just happened to be in it.
1: <laughs> ben Seriously. Affleck didn't ruin Daredevil. Daredevil ruined Daredevil.
0: Kind of. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's, uh, anyways, the point like is like Colin Farrell didn't ruin Daredevil either. He's like he's actually like the best part. Remember that time when he was like, this lady's snoring, I'm gonna murder her with a peanut. <laughs> it's best scene in the movie.
1: But, <laughs> God damn it. But, the point, it? but the point is the point is that the character J- Jared Leto plays, which is supposed to be the Waylon Utani, um, or whatever his real name is, um, the guy who runs the corporation. He speaks
0: entirely in irritating like, metaphor and megalomaniacal speaking. But he
1: doesn't at the same time all he
0: ever talks about is his desire to be god make a billion uh, slaves to make society better he wanted a trillion because he said first we have a million then we have a
1: trillion then we have a
0: billion and i was like oh a billion's a big number you can count how good of an idea is his plan really like i like he wants to make an entire race of slaves but it's like don't you need to feed all those people No, the replicants. No, you have to feed them though.
1: Yeah, you can make more.
0: I feel like making all of your artificial people people is kind of like a bad plan. No, I think because like all these fleshy people, like then have to be fed and housed. Well, remember his his entire
1: motivation is to conquer the galaxy. He I
0: wants feel like to, the iRobot approach is just more efficient.
1: It is <laughs> but make a bunch robots. He wants to he wants to create a mass amount of synthetics, so or replicants, <laughs> so he can take over more planets. Also,
0: calling them nexuses and, would be funnier if they're robots, because <laughs> then they would all be like, "Here's they, check out our new iPerson. God, our <laughs> right. iPerson seven point two seven S." But it's the uh, it's like, oh, I was born a seven S, and I'll never be better. <laughs> I, my battery life is terrible.
1: Uh <laughs> it's so sad because he he's just such a shit character and I can't I can't even like I'm not even mad at him for what he does in the movie I'm just kind of like I feel like coddling him like I'm so sorry that you just don't have good character like you don't have good character development and you just keep saying things and the things you keep saying mean nothing to everyone He's like
0: a Um... Weird proxy villain, in a way? I thought
1: the girl was the villain for the longest time. And then he's... Then he, like, kind of... When he shows up... You mean the girl that works for him, right? Yeah. Because
0: the moment... The moment She's a fun villain. She was interesting. She has... she has She has scenes that are amusing from moment to moment. Yeah. Like, I like the... The... How... Just how mercilessly and abruptly she just murders that dude. Oh yeah. In the in the uh, morgue it's like holy shit that escalated and that also, looks like a horrible death. Also I thought it was like kind of odd. Like
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like he I thought the motivation behind killing him was a little bit much. You could have knocked him out. I mean killing him doesn't really do much. Also they knew you took the bones anyway, so killing him
0: literally did nothing. I think she's just a dick. I I think so. <laughs> but but it's it's I almost feel like the movie could, like, but him, I'm about to say the movie could have been tighter for the 500th time, could have but been like, tighter. another way it could have been tighter possibly would have been if she just was the villain. I think she should have been. But then I guess I guess when you're talking about cyberpunk, it always has to be like a mega corporation with some asshole running it, and then enforcers that actually do all the shit is kind of the issue. I guess, but you barely even in it. Which is interestingly not a thing that happens in the first movie. No. Like, I kind of liked how in the second movie it feels like the villain is, like, he seems to be secure as in like as in like physically safe I mean. Yeah. Cuz in the first movie it was really weird how like the guys that run this mega company like they just take an elevator up there and just kill them, and it's like there's well, no security. I'm like, okay, huh.
1: in in fairness, I, actually, I don't know about, I don't know how they got to the elevator. So I guess they did have to pass. There's the lobby. no
0: guards along the but, way, as far as I can tell. And
1: I guess maybe those guards I, don't know who to look out for. Uh, and they
0: know, they don't check but, for weapons or. Well, he didn't have weapons. He killed him with his hands. Replicants, or he they don't even have to clarify like who's it's on a, the elevator. It's
1: a building. They did that. The building. The elevator stops on the building.
0: And then it call it calls the it calls Yeah, t- but they don't verify who else is on the elevator. No, like that, he like does, that's how he primitive does seem, the security system is. Yeah, he does seem really that he's concerned just like, that a friend came with like him. He's like H to Bishop Queen. Fuck I that's not that didn't make any sense. But like he just says chess shit and they do that on the pretense that he's the only one on the elevator. Yeah. And then they just go up like I brought friends by the way, and they kill him. And I'm like, Aren't you important? It's That the, seemed easy. You know what's the Th- thing? They just
1: got in. <laughs> you know what's another thing I kind of missed is I like the visual that all the, all these, uh, what's it called? All the um, replicants. In the first movie, all the replicants, anytime they were like in the dark, they always had like a square. They always had like square eyes. You ever notice that? They turned like, they either red like the owl did. Like they showed the owl a lot of times that had like the red eye with the kind of like a bright iris.
0: They like to do the thing where they get the eye, a light at the exact angle that it reflects around the inside of your iris yeah. into the camera, so yeah. your eye glows and from so the your inside. your eye
1: glows. And they did that a lot in the first movie, and I was like, oh, that's kind of nifty, because you can, like, visually tell the replicas. That's kind of cool. The second movie's like, everyone's a replica. Oh, okay. I guess. You never see anybody with a weird eye, except for, except for the guy with the megacorp, who can't fix his own fucking eyes. He has cataracts all up in that shit, and he doesn't do anything about it.
0: Who are we talking about now? Jared Leto. Oh, right.
1: He shows up, and he's got, like, the worst eyes imaginable. I think he's literally blind. Well,
0: I, yeah, the point and, is that he's blind. And he's like, I assume that he had, that's not, like, cataracts, but, like, literally, like, he was blinded by something.
1: And even if he was, maybe he was just... Bl-
0: maybe he was blinded in the blackout. Just get new eyes. It is surprising that Jared Leto doesn't seem to be able to get... Any kind of implant or new he eyes, does, in the he does. He has an
1: implant on the back of his neck that allows him to attach no, I'm, robots I'm saying to like it. it's
0: surprising he can't get just new eyes easily because it because like it's weird that like this series is oddly obsessed with eyes. Yes, and I think they might they must have been going for some kind of metaphor as opposed to actually. And that, that's one of the things that bugs me sometimes. Is like I think oh
1: the, he might be blind with ambition.
0: <laughs> I just, I think that at times. Uh, or even most of the time, I think this franchise cares more about some kind of background meaning over uh, what necessarily makes sense. It would rather like show Because you... they're obsessed with eyes and they're obsessed with steam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's an ongoing... Like, to the point where it's like... There's a blue milk scene, essentially, where... Like, for those who don't know, when it was either Rogue... I think it was Rogue One. It might have been Force Awakens where, like, people are like, Oh, my God, Blue Milk! And I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And you have to go back and realize, like, Oh, apparently there was, like, Blue Milk in, like, the first Star Wars movie Once Upon a Time. And that's just a, a nod people make to try to make it feel to the hardcore fans that this is, like, a legit sequel. Is yeah, when, that's... Is when Rogue One or Force Unleashed has that.
1: That was the hint.
0: And so, like, Not in the a... Not the fact calling
1: it Star Wars.
0: So, like, in a... In the original Blade Runner, there's constantly steam in the background and boiling things. Like, here's the egg yeah. boiler and a bunch of other things. And so, it, it felt so on the nose and almost pointless that, like, in the opening scene of the new movie, they also opened with, like, oh, someone put a kettle on. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a weird emphasis on that They for put some the reason. kettle on.
1: You know what was another weird thing was that I don't know. It's just, like, the, the whole smokestack world is just gone and replaced with, like, still a not clean world but they were just like but let's just remove all the smokestacks and put solar panels
0: yeah and i was like they i transitioned don't to solar over the last 30 yeah, years they transitioned, the one they transitioned the one to one progress like, they made huge solar
1: i think like half of california is just solar panels
0: <laughs> it was weird that, that was a it was a big visual uh, uh it seems to indicate it, it does feel like they're trying to indicate that over the last 30 years the society has progressed in some way but i was disappointed by that kind of yeah like I wanted I was, it to get worse. I was kind of hoping for a Star Wars-y type thing where, like, it somehow is always shitty looking. Yeah, like Star Wars. Well, it still was shitty looking. All the they good just Star Wars changed. movies look dirty. Like, and that's yeah. not that's not why they look good, but that's just a thing that they have in well, common. And yeah, the, the prequels they're... were so like serene because they always took clean. place
1: in pl- in places like nice places.
0: Like I, like, I think of the Clone Facility. I'm like, wow, this place is just white yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, unfortunately. That's what modern sci-fi often looks like everything's so sleek and yeah, clean sleek and, and it, it makes every sci-fi movie look the same kind of
1: at least they did the aliens thing I appreciate that they kept the like kind of retro future technology where like yeah. the screens still look like poopy butts
0: and when they, went, they, when, and doing... they went on the streets and oftentimes it looked su- sufficiently like Ugh. like not great no but then whenever you're inside but, of a building I'm like oh this is I don't like how but, I don't like how this is clean but I'm like even, you, know, you know this is cyberpunk right I don't like I don't want clean cyberpunk even some of the outside shots look way cleaner. Like
1: the, the room, like the area where they were all, like where he was sitting at the table for some reason publicly, like open, looking at very important case files, and the hooker goes and talks to him. That area was very clean. Like you got the kind of back shot where people are like, Doing, I don't know, are they playing like Whammy or something? They're like slapping wall pieces and then food comes out? I don't know what the fuck was going on. Was it a literal Skinner's box? Yeah, I don't know (laughs) what it was. They, like, some person was like, it was like, had a picture and a person was like, buy Slurpee drinks. he's like, bruh. And he presses in and like a Slurpee drink comes out. It's like, how do you even register? Who's paying for this? Like, yeah, but who's like, who's paying for this? How do you know what they ordered? Who did, like, it's, any case, uh, that was, that kind of looked dirty, but the rest of it was, they also kind of did the ghost in the shell thing. A little bit where they kind of got a little too like that. That was much. the gap
0: between the first the two Ghost in the Shell movies. Is that the, the movie, the animated one? It's like oh, this place like, ugh. like yeah. Because Ghost in the Shell feels like it feels like I, a real lived in. And I assume the timeline works out this way too, as as far as when they were made. Like Ghost in the Shell feels directly inspired by the movie Blade Runner. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I assume that it came out years later. Wasn't it late eighties? Uh, Ghost in the Shell was later. Blade late Runner in 80s. was eighty two. Was it? Yeah. I think Ghost in the Shell was 80... 88? Because uh, Ghost in the Shell feels like directly inspired by the Blade Runner movie to the point where it feels like it's more inspired by Blade Runner than at times the sequel to Blade Runner is. Because the, the the sequel to Blade Runner just often feels like the movie Oblivion, for example. With oh, no. Ghost, came, or Ghost in the Shell came out in 1995. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well over 10 years later. Yeah. Almost as old as uh, uh, Electric Sheep was when Blade Runner Mate was made. Well,
1: that was just the movie, though. I think the manga came out uh 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So, the manga came out in 1989, inspired by Blade Runner, most likely. And then the movie came out in 95, which by then, Blade Runner was a well-established box office failure cult hit. So, <laughs> which... I I don't know. I honestly think I would I I would think this Blade Runner will do sufficient, but I don't think it will be a stunner at the box office. It just is so long and so boring for too much.
0: And I liked the mystery. I liked the mystery. I actually liked the mystery of like, um, is he the son or not? Yeah, because like I'm like, dude, you're like, they were being really vague with it in the very specifically nuanced way that I liked. Because yes. like, even he wasn't being stupid he's he, not every young adult novel fucking protagonist yeah. like, oh my god that's my destiny i'm clinging to this immediately like yeah he even didn't he, cling like to it he, he like tried to deny it a lot like or... he doesn't he doesn't even come out and say to harrison ford that he's his son ever does he no
1: like, no he never I, he acknowledges never, it the he, only he time asks he asks him
0: about his child yeah the only time he acknowledges to, it, he's trying to
1: fish it out he only not acknowledges it at the when the he talks to the girl and by the end it turns out he's wrong yeah And the girl, because, yeah, the girl looks at because he looks at her, and he says, like, she? And she looks at, and he doesn't even say anything. He doesn't say, oh, I'm not the chosen one. He just sits. He just sits there and says, like, and questions the word, she? Yeah. And then she looks at him and goes... Oh, you thought you were the one. Like,
0: that entire storyline was great. Yes, fantastic. I, I loved it. It's just it was, packaged in a movie that I'm like, oh my goodness, we're that's, doing that's what this that's right me. now. I
1: was, and that's, that's what... Okay, that's the point I want to make, is that in the first... I like I both movies, uh, but it, I just like the first one more. <laughs> there's a thing about... So, with, like, Blade Runner, both Blade Runners, actually, I like the beginning more than I like the ends of them. I don't really like the end of Blade Runner movies. I thought I thought the, the end of the first one kind of felt a little like kind of like it handed all this shit to Harrison Ford for no reason
0: for me it felt I had an issue where it felt like in the entire second half of the first Blade Runner movie the movie almost didn't know what to do with the protagonist
1: yeah that's what I mean like Like it it felt the protagonist
0: is the only character for like half the movie like they don't even introduce Rucker Hauer for like half the movie no and uh, for a while at least and then no, he, and, he, and he's barely in the movie in the first i think he shows it. up in like the second act and then he and then he start then he, but then once roger howard uh reaches uh tyler tyrell. tyrell shit uh which is by the way tyrell is one of the villain characters in mr robot talking yeah. about things that are probably inspired in some ways by blade runner no uh, it's not a movie about taking down mega corporations no. or anything. There's nothing cyberpunk about this ha- this uh, hacker drama. It's unique <laughs> and beautiful. Uh, that's got to be on purpose. Uh, that's got to be on purpose. Goddamn, yeah. the fucking Fight Club reference movie. All right, but but um, Jesus, is last Once he shows once up. He's, once he once he reaches Tyrell. It feels like the rest of the movie, they almost don't know what to do with the Harrison Ford.
1: Movie- yeah, Harrison Ford and just for gets rest stuff movie, handed to him.
0: He doesn't seem to have any real agency and he's kind of just flailing around uselessly. Yeah. He's about as effective as Neo is when Neo first gets ripped out of the Matrix and he's like a floppy squid puncture man. And he's just like laying on the ground like, oh, how do I walk? It <laughs> is weird because he even shows up to the room and goes
1: inside of that room. He has a
0: gun. He has a gun. The entire climax, he has a gun. And I'm like, what are you yeah, doing?
1: Yeah, but he, he shows up into that room. And there's like a bunch of replicas and his first reaction is to just put his face into all of them. And I'm like, what are you doing? Aren't you specifically looking for replicas? Maybe not put your face in unknown replicas because they might assault you but like he the keep,
0: other two have already. But everything keeps working out for him and he keeps getting yep. his gun again and then yep. he makes mistakes again. Yes. Like he deals with the lady like, that's, like, that's that's like, it's kind of fun how she's pretending to be a toy uh, not, in not a house even, full though. of weird toys. He just sits there, there for he, a second. But he falls for that. And then gets lucky in shooting her when she's doing a way too elaborate way of attacking him, basically. Yeah. Uh, so then he's like, okay, I, that worked out. I got the gun again. Then Rutger Hauer gets him. And immediately like, it's like, Rutger Hauer, you know he doesn't have a gun. Yes. And this is a giant mansion full of open spaces. And you immediately are like standing next to like walls he can punch through. And it's like you're the you're supposed to be the best Blade Runner, right? Because you seem to be really bad at knowing what blade, what what uh, replicants can do and what to avoid.
1: And he knows it's a military replicant, so it's like
0: really strong,
1: like, capable of combat. Like all the most basic
0: like, stuff I've heard about clearing rooms and stuff like that about how police work in real life. Like none of that seems to apply to this guy. He's like he's not a cop. He he's had, a seems Blade to Runner. Have no idea how to fight against these guys or how to deal with, with a gun. Dealing with clearing rooms and finding a guy. But then Rutger Hauer's like, okay, you're an idiot, and I broke your fingers, and you fell for that. What's and wrong with you? And then he gives his gun, gun back. He gives his gun back. so mad. And then his response is then, like, Rutger Hauer runs off and starts counting. Well, he says, I'm gonna... I'm gonna, He's gonna give I, you a head start. Yeah,
1: I'm a nice guy, so I'll give you a head start. And just says, like... I'll give you a couple seconds head start, and just yeah. says, like,
0: one, two... Can, so this guy basically has three options. One, uh, actually, like, four options. One probably the smartest thing fucking go for the actual entrance of the building and try to leave. Yeah. Uh, Two, he could hunt down the dude and shoot him because he has a gun. Yep. Three, he can hunker down in a corner on an exterior corner of the building where, where the guy can't sneak up on him and also don't, maybe don't stand too close to the corner itself and just fucking have clear line of sight and shoot the dude when he comes after you. But no, he takes option four, which is awkwardly climb up a bunch of bookshelves, and then even though the movie keeps showing him, the movie like keeps establishing over and over again that he has a, that he has this like pistol holster on his hip. Yeah, and he doesn't use that. Instead, he tries to climb this rainy, like rotted wood bookshelf, like because apparently that's the most efficient way to go up that you can find. He, while holding his gun in his hand, and then he drops it, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And then he just keeps climbing, and then he doesn't have the gun for the rest of the movie. I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck? Are you? Yeah. Were you trained by anybody? Because you make the most confusing decisions in this movie." I mean, so he, does he then desperately climbs up a building for a very long time. And just to add to the weird feeling of how he keeps getting handed everything, he basically almost kills himself by jumping from building to building, gets saved by Rutger Hauer, then Rutger Hauer just dies for him, and then the weird origami guy that basically almost could just not be in the movie because of how little he seems to get developed throughout the movie. He just shows up to he say. He just shows up to be like, like Pity she won't live or whatever, and then just throws the gun to him. Like you, you went and got his gun. What were you doing this whole time? Were you watching? Like, yeah. what is your role? His in this? role is to watch to make sure it's get it gets done. Like, I. But he does make an appearance
1: in the why Blade Runner.
0: Why doesn't he have a partner? <laughs> like, why, is it, why doesn't the Blade Runner have a partner? That seems like the safest decision ever. The idea that this guy's watching as a third party, like... I think because Harrison Ford
1: didn't want to be a... Like, didn't want to have someone share screen time with him.
0: It just... It's, a. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, I, I, it's the point isn't even entirely whether or not you can explain the moments. It's just how surreal it is to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> sequence. Well, I mean, no Blade Runners have partners. Like the way he, even the Ryan way Gosling does have a partner. Shows up the moment the Rutger Howard dies of natural causes, and, and then he's like, just throws the gun to him. I'm like, what the fuck? When did you get there? I, yeah. I, 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 I feel like he's dreaming. Like, for the entire last chunk of the movie, it feels like the Blade Runner is dreaming.
1: It does feel like everything goes exactly the way he hopes it would. Yeah. It's like, any rational person would dream. Where it's like, my gun gets taken, but he gives it back to me. Yeah, you like, keep almost wait
0: for something more sinister to happen. Like, I yeah. would, like I, I, was thinking that the guy that was there was there to kill him.
1: Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought it was going to be, like, a cover-cover job. Where Like, it's like I, thought no they, one can I
0: thought that they get Blade Runner's... I thought they were getting replicants to kill other replicants, and then they were gonna kill the replicant afterwards before he realizes that he's a replicant. Oh like kind that's, of like, like a that. total recall thing. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. the whole scheme. But then yeah. he's like, here's your gun. I'm leaving the movie now. I'm like <laughs> why you? He just taps his cane and flies away. I just I was like, Did you
1: need to be in this movie? Uh like, his his only existence like, is to summon uh Harrison
0: Ford to come meet the police chief. Yeah, like I I was confused why he kept sh- like he grabs him at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm eating. It's like, nah. No. No. By the way, do you know what he's eating? Uh, what? A bowl of noodles. Yeah? That's it. Food sucks in the future. He
1: literally didn't order... No, he... I think he specifically was trying to order something... He he said four of them, and I said, you wanted four bo- bowls of noodles?
0: Just noodles? Nothing else in the noodles? No, I think he was trying to order something else, and the guy just wasn't understanding him, so he's just like, he's like, oh, fuck it. But he but he does,
1: because he immediately says to Harrison Ford, he's here to arrest you. I was like, you speak English, you piece of shit! <laughs> Like
0: what the hell? He might just be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I was confused why the origami guy kept showing up a little bit because like he he showed up in the second one. Yeah, like he be- he gets Harrison Ford at the beginning of the movie, and then for the rest of the movies he just like he keeps awkwardly standing off the side and folding origami, and then he says the one for voting thing at the end. Well, he also he gets him again. He
1: gets him a second time because he gets Harrison Ford the first time, then he gets him the second time after he kills Snake Girl. I he, think. And he the says point like go talk him... to the guy he or Bruce. He says like go to Bruce. And he goes th- to
0: Bruce. I think I might be right. I think he is there to kill Harrison Ford, but then decides not to. Because what? Because the main the main reason why I think Harrison Ford is a replicant is because of the fact that like he has that weird vision about a unicorn, and then the other guy uh, folds a unicorn and leaves that in front of his house, and he never actually talked to anybody about that. Mm. So like, I think the fact that he folds a unicorn is him showing, telling him that his memory is fake. Oh okay. Like I think that's the point of the the origami unicorn. It
1: might be. That's a good. That's a good. So I analysis. think at the end of the
0: movie, he's just deciding not to kill him. That's he's why. Just... He, that's why he's weirdly convenient there, but doesn't do anything. Maybe because
1: he's also a replicant. <laughs> who the fuck knows? At some point, who isn't a replicant?
0: That was be... that because that's something that's actually set up in the movie. Is when they talk about uh, like the 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 spiders that come out and consume the mother. Yeah. Like that false dream, and like that's actually like it's actually the it's actually the memory of his niece, Tyrell's niece. Uh so that that sets up the idea of like, oh, what's this weird unicorn thing and then like the other person knows about the unicorn without him telling anyone that sets so, up the idea that it's a false memory. So did you did you
1: know that the girl was the real child before the reveal?
0: Uh did I know that dream person was the real one? Yeah. Uh I didn't really think about it at the time, but it was a it was a sort of a clever reveal realizing why she was crying when the memory was displayed that's what gave it away for me so you you picked up on it immediately i
1: picked up on it immediately because when she was crying i said like, like the moment that's... the
0: moment they replayed i was like i probably should have picked up on
1: that when she was watching it and she cried i was like that's not a sad it's not a sad memory why are you crying and I thought I, I thought to myself. I think I my
0: like, first thought was that she cried because of the genuineness of it, versus being uh, like essentially a crafted painting. But that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. But it, but it wasn't, she was crying because it was hers. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that's
1: what I was saying. Is like it, it didn't feel it. Even if it was a false memory, that, that was, it didn't feel like a very. It didn't feel like a sad one. It felt like it's weird. That's actually something one. I wanted
0: to bring up. Is that uh, that was the one flashback that was really good because it recontextualizes something in a meaningful way. Yeah. Like flashing back to the, her crying and then saying the line that uh. Like, all of the best ones have the artists in them?
1: Yes. Like, that
0: was actually, like, oh, shit. That was, that's, that was a that's good That's a good flashback. Yeah. But that movie has, like, 20 flashbacks that are pointless. Yeah. To the point... But, especially with the Drax at the beginning of the movie is all, like, if you would ever seen a real miracle was with that your Drax? own eyes? Yeah, that's Drax okay. from Guardians I, I, of the Galaxy. I
1: knew it was, but I was, like...
0: I yeah. don't know because he's not it's, in makeup. It's <laughs> why you don't recognize. It's why you recognize him, but you're not used to recognizing him. Yeah, it's because he's not really in his voice. I, he's in like no movies. I
1: recognize his voice, so I was yeah. like, "That sounds like Drax." And I looked at him, I was like, "I guess he looks it's like Drax. He's kind of big." I th- well, because but... I
0: think historically he's not an actor; he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's a wrestler. But then he just showed up in Guardians, and now he's in this. All of a sudden, and I'm like, "That's Drax." Well, from Guardians. Eh, Hello.
1: Technically, wrestling's acting.
0: It is acting, nah. but a different kind of acting. Different. It's very physical. But he's acting. a surprisingly good actor. At this, he's just turning out. He's to be. good at
1: doing roles that don't require him to be like anything beyond like strong and stoic which is fine uh i don't have a problem no, with he's,
0: that. he's good at being weirdly emotional and vulnerable as this big muscle man yeah like, but I, which is he, part but, of how guardians 2 works
1: but you know what i mean like he's not he's not like chris pratt level where he's not like on that that part where he's gonna you know be ma- like cracking jokes like hey 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 and like being the kind of the the popular poster boy. No, he, he's very he, good at being he, like. He's a good side. at being
0: the joke. Yeah, he's he's good like at being knowingly aside. being the joke in a really good way. He doesn't but, tell jokes necessarily. But the uh, but uh, but regardless, it's, like they they cut to him saying that like five times. Yeah, and it's like okay, I get it, I get it. Like, I get it that, like, a replicant having a baby when they're not supposed to is a miracle. And I think we're going for, like, a Jesus thing a little bit here. But, like, you... You didn't get that when the guy was
1: saying, like, an angel can't walk into the... Seriously,
0: like, five times in the movie, it cuts back to him saying that you haven't witnessed a miracle. And I'm like, okay, I I, I was here. This isn't, like, a TV series. Like... (laughs) It's not like I'm not coming back next week for the next 40 yeah, minutes. I missed like, miss this, this episode. Is, I've been sitting here uh, the whole time. You don't need to tell me over and over again about the miracle. So, there,
1: there's two hints that give it away that the girl is in fact not or is in fact the person. One of them is when she cries. The second one is when she says the line, it's illegal to use real memories. The moment she said it's illegal to use real memories, I realized... Oh, because they were hiding, and the only person that would that if they were hiding and they're Nexus eights, then the only way that they would do that would be what they did with Rachel, which is the fake memories. Because the fake memories are the best way to do it ever, and that would only exist back in a time before it was illegal, which is when the baby was born. So that's the only method they would have to. Like I like how, but it didn't impact the story. Like I it didn't liked ruin how anything for like
0: I think a good like twenty minutes. I think I think they let you wallow in a very long time in the idea of Ryan Gosling being the baby without actually saying it. Yes. Like they eventually, eventually, finally, the AI is like, "I told you you were special" and stuff like that. But like for a very long time, they're just putting the evidence forward and not ever actually saying what the evidence means. Yeah, they don't and acknowledge it. You would have to understand it. Yeah. Especially thinking in terms of like how 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 old does Ryan Gosling look to you? Oh, uh, maybe about I don't know, like the. Like, 30 or something you yeah know, like the time between the two movies like might be about he might be about the same age as the duration of well, the two movies he was or something.
1: actually because he's the
0: he's the boy psyche's not he was boom that's still i'm still super in, i'm not entirely clear on that still he was the replica of her but male I'm still like that's that there that was a little ambiguous yeah. but I couldn't tell. That's why he
1: has the same like, memories as like, her because he's just a one to one copy except but boy.
0: Like is he the boy or is he just a frustratingly similar character that it was all coincidences well, and they just happened to have the same memory? They
1: couldn't. That's the thing because if he was made by the corporation then he can't have real life memories. Yeah. He would have had memories made by her. So it, I think he's supposed to be the I boy. Think there,
0: I think there's still a possible read for the movie where you where you say that the boy never existed and it was a dist- and it was like a, a red herring distraction to to throw off the scent of, of who they were. Well, and, they said the boy was he, dead. Yeah.
1: Or no, they said the girl was dead.
0: Yeah, they said the girl was they said dead. The girl and the was dead. The boy survived, and then they reversed that. And he could be the boy, or he could also just be somebody that was frustratingly similar and, and he's trying to find meaning in his life. Because they even pointed that... Because, the know, the horse. It, the, that horse might have been in, in more circulation than I thought. Because, like, the, the, cause you have the issue where, like, her response of uh, the one-eyed lady, which I've talked about before, but, like, the fixation on eyes that I never really expanded on was, like, the idea, like, the first movie had the eye creation guy as a main character that they interrogate at one point, and then the second movie has a guy, a, a woman with one eye and a guy with no eyes and so on and so forth, yeah. and the, a guy who dies with his eyes, like, turning into blood or something, like, that's... Uh, but his, the, uh, the, the resistance leader's response is that we all wish it, we all wish it was us. It's like, oh, you thought it was, you, you wish it was you. We all wish it was us. Like that seems to indicate that maybe he was just totally just in his desire to find meaning in his life. He was just sort of, uh, projecting all of this onto him cause it was convenient huh. to think that he was this important person. Maybe
1: I don't know. Cause it's like, you know, much like the, whether ambiguous. or not
0: resident, it, it's like the thing of like whether or not uh harrison ford's a replicant in the first movie like yeah. i think it's kind of intentionally it's, it's, vague
1: it's one of those like go home ask yourself these questions and then yeah you know maybe come back and watch it again please we need money but um, hey, we've been
0: rambling for a while we have been probably rambling about for time a, to the, close that you think so yeah so closing so thoughts
1: my closing thought is i think i think uh blade runner is worth watching I think both movies are worth watching. Giving
0: it, giving it a, a. But I think the Blade Runner first movie might be more worth rewatching.
1: Yes, but I think you might. Uh, I think it'd be more entertaining to watch Blade Runner, or Blade Runner the original, multiple times versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine probably is, or twenty forty five is probably better on like, probably point five, or like one point five, maybe two times speed, would probably be a little bit more fun. Uh, or if you can find someone who might chop it down to the bits that are important like all the ai portions cut out and all the like i don't really care about this love story between the ai stuff like that that was all kind of like filler to me i don't care about the
0: part of me almost wonders like what would happen if like blade runner was reedited by like david fincher or something <laughs> like what like what different direction the same footage would go in i mean it's beautifully shot that's it's beautifully the point shot, it's just that it's too psyched also, about how beautifully shot it is
1: also i fucking the only the only thing I fucking hate too is I hate the uh the only thing I hate about Blade Runner Blade or Blade Runner 1 god damn it the only thing I hate about Blade Runner 1 is a scene where they're playing the piano and the fucking game, a movie soundtrack is louder than the piano and I can't hear the song that she's playing on the piano and I was like come on just lower the damn soundtrack music
0: I think in the edit yeah like I think Her I rem- final I cut think fixes I remember it. I think I remember something weird happening. I think it was in the first Blade Runner, yeah, where somebody starts playing a piano. She does. Rachel's only, playing the they piano. they start playing the piano for like three seconds. Yes. And then immediately cuts away to different audio. I'm like, why was that? It, what was that choice made for? It's the soundtrack.
1: Because it lowers it yeah. when she
0: starts playing it. You can
1: still kind of hear that soundtrack. But then she goes like, dun, 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 really dun And then it's like, blah, 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 And But she's still playing the piano. And I was like, uh, did you fuck up? And yeah, they had that it was in the it? final
0: cut, too. Was where, it in the final yeah, cut? Yeah, they go over it. I watched the final cut. Oh, I didn't yeah, I watched, I watched the, the regular. I went out and grabbed. I went to Dimple Records, got uh, for five dollars the Final Cut because they just I, they just had new ones, and I'm like, yeah, sure. I the fucking torrent. Dude. I just watched it, and uh, yeah, even in the Final Cut, it's weird. Like she's playing, and then the music cuts her off, and I'm like,
1: why? Did that I hate that.
0: I don't. It's a weird choice to have like a. That's the only thing I would a, a scene where someone's going to play uh, the piano in the background of a scene, and then yeah. cut it off with the other soundtrack, especially like, because huh. like
1: the beginning of the second one ha- played the importance of the piano. Because he had the, the piano was in that guy's house. It was the one key that Harrison Ford was typing on in Blade Runner. It's that key.
0: Now that we're talking about the piano, I'm a little disappointed again about the uh, baby socks, the blue milk. Oh, it's just the uh... it's like baby sock. Well, I mean, like I mean, the piano as blue milk. Yeah, and I know. the boiling water as blue milk. There was like, two pianos actually, I'm, two blue milks, because
1: there was the one yeah. in that guy's house and one in the uh, casino and because Does one and part of has the music on it
0: i'm not overly fond of this trend where a sci-fi universe gets a sequel made by somebody else that didn't work on the original series and then they like do this weird like sort of like nerd culture like un like cinematic universe equivalent of like virtue signaling almost yeah of like See, it's like the original it's a- Check out Sabak. <laughs> like this our movie has Sabak in it. Is it real Star Wars yet? Like it, it is weird to see like, oh look, boiling water. Oh look pianos again? It's because
1: it's, people are really dumb. Oh look noodles um, again? <laughs> look noodles again. Like there's a there's a Oh there's look a boobs again. There's- that was in the first one, right? <laughs> I I mean boobs are the signified, they are the blue milk that tells me oh, this is the Blade
0: Runner movie. We didn't talk about the one if if the if the biggest thing that bothered me about the entire new movie was the, the pacing wall. and the <laughs> wall, 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 I, I think my favorites uh, are the, the quiet st- ones. The second most annoying, yeah, oh,
1: the ones that sound like weird guttural sounds? No, the ones where you're sitting there and Ryan Gosling's <laughs> looking out and he's like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm paying attention, theater. I'm here. <laughs> but we
0: didn't mention product placement. Keith, did you Sony understand? Sony and Atari and Sony <laughs> and Pan Am pan america okay well now you're getting confused so atari's in the first one
1: uh sony no, is in the second one.
0: atari was in this one
1: atari's in the second one yeah i didn't see atari there's in the a, second there's one. there's
0: a part of the movie where atari is on the entire screen is it i saw atari in the, so first, the first one the
1: first which i thought was a joke because i was like "Ooh, you probably should have put a dead company in your cipher. no atari is really. still
0: around because someone buys the company every but every they time don't have signs <laughs> every every time they die somebody buys the name again but uh, but did you know Coca-Cola? So f- the first one that stood out to me was that there was the Sony sh- sign where it's like, Sony, Japanese that, Sony. That was so Sony, annoying. That's on somebody's house. Yeah, it's just flashing that in like different parts of the building over and over flashing again.
1: flashing it on someone's apartment so building. They,
0: they show that right before they go into an office. Yeah. I think after they leave that office, there's a down camera shot that goes through a street and they look... The camera itself is staying still and you see the, I think you see the vehicle shoot go through the frame to show that they're they're moving and everything. Yeah. But the building that you're looking down is just a giant Atari logo covering the entire screen. Yeah. It was covering the entire, there's a full screen Atari logo. Yeah. Um, And then every time somebody goes to a computer monitor, there's a Sony logo on it. (laughs) Like there's more and more Sony logos on it. Like everyone's, everyone's device is a Sony device in this universe. There's a fucking
1: Sony on the goddamn record player. I was like, get yep. out of here, Sony. You have never made a record <laughs> player in your life. Don't try to lie to me. You did not make this record player. And
0: then yeah, there was there was and, that there was parts where the an entire wall would be logos and yep. some of them might be fake and might not be, but you definitely keep recognizing the Coke the, one for sure. The Coke one, God. There's Coca-Cola dude. ones everywhere. And
1: some of them didn't fit.
0: And there was an that drove me nuts. one. around that? the time the first around the time the first uh around the time the first Sony Atari stuff started showing up, there was a scene of a vehicle. Like a boat in a dark. It was a dark shot of an establishing shot, and there was a boat going across the bottom of the screen. And on the top, of it was a giant glowing Pan America sign. Yeah, <laughs> it was Pan Am. Yeah, it was Pan Am. That's yeah. right. There's a lot of product There's placement a lot in this movie. Of product placement. It's, it is very much a modern Sony movie, and Sony. I don't. Is both heavy on product placement and heavy on like blatant product placement. Do they have problems? I don't know, but do you, you a... see the name Sony a lot. But do they have? And like... you hear it spoken
1: aloud. Do they have like money problems? Like, do they really need money to make this movie work? Because that's a lot of ads. It's a lot of advertising. The first Blade Runner pissed me off the most, though, because they have, like, the New York-style buildings where they're trying to, like, make you feel like it's New York. They have the big old billboards. They have fucking Coke ads running. In the first Blade Runner, they have Coke ads. Yeah. The Coke ads don't fit in the screen that they chose (laughs) to put the Coke ad in. It cuts off the Coca-Cola logo. It just says Cola but then you can see it's the coca-cola logo because it says like have a coke and then it says like coca cola
0: and i'm like what
1: (laughs) the it's a square fucking image i I managed
0: to miss that i wonder if it it was playing into the environment better than the second one did where it was literally full screen advertising. it
1: was it was trying to make it look like a billboard but there was a scene where he walks into a building and like the building is at a weird angle and right at that angle it's a full billboard it says like try Coca-Cola and I was like I'm not going
0: to no <laughs> like brought to you by Sony it's yeah Sony advertisement sucks Sony but Sony Sony does it best God that person lives in a house where that just says Sony over That's and over I'm again saying. it That's doesn't like... just flash the text on the screen backwards into their window it says Sony out loud <laughs> it does it speaks Sony you know what th- it, Sony. You know what's even more
1: insulting is Sony. that Sony designed that <laughs> Sony specifically wanted people to know they were assholes enough to flash that sign on people's homes.
0: I don't know if Sony is self-aware enough to know that they're the villain in that movie. They are the villain. They made everything. Cyberpunk is about anti-establishment and (laughs) anti-corporation. So advertising yourself heavily in that is making you look like the part of the society that's bad that leads to like the sexual slavery and all the horrible things that happen in these movies (laughs) and settings. Like you don't want to be product placement in a cyberpunk movie. Or game or whatever, like <laughs> what the if corporations if are the villains in all of those movies. That's if, the point. What if they said
1: like a? What if they said like a? Uh, they had a line that said like replicas are made to made to do off world mining and slaves. Brought to you by Sony. <laughs> like Sony pa- pays for the <laughs> slaves to go out to the off world. Just no
0: self awareness of what they're
1: like. How horrible it is. I I feel like Sony would do it. Do it, Sony. Pay for slaves. That's the that's the last. That's the best part you could get. That's the best, that's the top tier advertisement. I just love the
0: giant Atari logo. It's like, these reduced property values of these apartments brought to you by Atari. And Sony. They have to charge you less for these rooms. Because <laughs> it's just a constant spotlight pointing directly into it. I'm also,
1: I, I am also still, I will still never be not concerned that there's just a giant naked woman on an advertisement yeah. standing at a bridge.
0: And she talks to it's people. Like, I know how to make you happy, Yeah, she boy. tells
1: people they're lonely. That's fucked up. Like, how, On why? a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a terrible advertisement. It's saying Aren't like, you
0: sat in lonely man yeah. walking across a bridge. And it's
1: a low bridge. He could just jump off. Yeah. Like there's it's no like, there's not like a really not high the most
0: sensitive location to push in the people's depression. And she points at them. She's like, You're lonely. And then she walks away, like, I can fix your problems and she walks away. But she can't because she's fake yeah she's
1: not even a she's and, not even a replica she's not like, a sex she's doll she's
0: saying like i can fix your problems isn't like you're supposed to buy the ai program that that uh ryan gosling was using all movie but then she like walks away from the ledge and like almost like is like trying to come with me towards you it's like this is like is this supposed to be like weird twisted suicide th- symbol yeah symbolism? i think he like, was i don't uh, think
1: i think he was supposed to be hallucinating he even that. pulls
0: out a gun when that ends yeah like that scene ends and he pulls out a gun and looks at it almost like like are we no, because he does are the Are we thing. going for suicide. Because then he for? It says for? a
1: line where it's like, "Sometimes dying for a cause is most human of
0: all." And I was like, "Yeah, yes, no." <laughs> have you heard but about the really bad edit of a uh, Blade Runner? The really bad edit? Because the, there's a bunch of different edits of it. Wait, what? How there... many edits are there? A lot. How but, do you edit one of the that worst ones? Is there a Suicide Squad version? I'll try to track it down to show you at some point. But one of the worst runs of one of the worst edits of Blade Runner, and it might have been the theatrical one. Or one of the sense. theatrical ones is that they had voiceovers so like whenever like like when harrison ford is sitting at like the noodle shop at the beginning of the movie and stuff like that there'll be like voiceovers of harrison ford talking about his washed up life and stuff like that like setting up the scene and not only does it break all of the setup by constantly jabbering over uh these scenes that are that explain themselves perfectly well on their own but it's also like the harrison ford voiceover problem of like Part time. Oh my God! I
1: was about to say, "Is it please like yep. be like the unsympathetic?" That's why I had to bring it up because
0: I know that you love that oh. line of, the, of like the weird misuse of part time in a uh, in Crystal Skull. God, you're a professor. Part time. You're a professor. Part time. Part time. <laughs> That's the one they went with. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, so it's like really badly performed bored sounding Harrison That's Ford. fantastic. Like before he was famous for being sound- the board curmudgeonly piece of shit that That's doesn't want to awesome. be in the movies he's in. Like, like He was like that all the way back in Blade Runner when they made him do voiceovers for the entire movie. I would which watch. Was noticeably absent from the final cut. <laughs> I would definitely watch that. Just to, just to hear that where he's just like,
1: I was standing at the booth waiting for some noodles part time. yeah like oh if he just doesn't care doing it fantastic anyways uh i already explained how i feel how do you feel about final thoughts
0: uh, i think the first blade runner is really neat generally but its impact was lost for me a bit by being exposed to the genre too much uh before really revisiting it at an adult age where to remember it properly so keith hates blade runner
1: so like it was. You could be angry at
0: him. It was a cool looking movie, but like, there's also it's still I'm so confused by Harrison Ford for the last third of the movie. But uh, it's an it's a neat movie. It's just like I've delved deeper into the horrors of cyberpunk concepts more since then. Horrors. Well, part of it is that like there's cyberpunk video games now. There, there's... like full on cyberpunk. You're talking about like Observer and stuff like that, or like uh, um, like the Shadowrun games even. Shadowruns. Like, kind there's of a bunch like of that. cyberpunk fiction that goes way further. And also because it doesn't have to appeal to a mass Soma. mass audience of stuff. There's like a lot a, of them. It doesn't have to appeal to a mass movie-going audience, specifically. Yeah. Uh, it'll go way darker. <laughs> yeah. With a lot of the stuff. It'll make you uncomfortable. So, like, Observer, interestingly, was a movie... Like, if, a game... Or if you guys haven't heard this, there's a game called Observer. It's on his it's channel. Up, it's Check it Steam out. on Steam and stuff like that. Or you can play it, too. It's, it's actually got Rutger Hauer in it. Rutger Hauer, the guy that plays the final... I almost said Cylon again. A uh, Replicant at the end of uh, the first Blade Runner movie is the main character you play as for the entire game. Is that who he is? Yeah. God, he sounds like shit now. Oh, he's old. He's an old man. He was in Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> that was also Rutger Hauer. He's done some weird shit over the years. That's a little bit of a jump. There's a movie where he's a blind Kung Fu artist that beats up people in the 80s. <laughs> That's not as odd. <laughs> he's got some weird movies. Uh, but like that, that whole game is exploring... Dark ass shit and a bunch of sci fi concepts. So, watching all of Blade Runner for two hours and having like one sci fi concept processed basically is kind yeah. of like tame.
1: It feels very vanilla, but you also have to accept the audience it is made for,
0: which are when, vanilla
1: people who yeah. don't experience like this kind of genre very often, if at all. I don't know the last time I saw. So well,
0: what, what redeems the first Blade Runner for me, it, like that, like it doesn't need to be redeemed for the fact that other people took it shit, but I, like uh, the thing that sold me on it more was, uh, one, the visual concreteness of its setting was really cool yeah. to wallow in. Like, like, this world where, like, the one of the people that changed the world is in this weird, like, run-down, like, flooded-ass piece of shit abandoned building and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, these kinds of things. And then also the characters, because it's a character... It's actually, like, a relatively character-driven movie. Yeah. That's, uh, that's true. The second movie... Second? ...kind of dwelled on... Like, it, it, it treated both those things differently. One... The second movie did do some strange, interesting things with sci-fi concepts, and then it starts dealing with like this AI character and how do you deal with like becoming romantically interested in this weird AI character in a way that I think might be dealt with like by movies like sh- like uh,
1: like AI ex- falling in love with AI.
0: I'm thinking like like Ex Machina and uh like Ex Machina uh, and her and stuff like that. It's like synthetic
1: human falling in love with artificial intelligence. Yeah. So it's like a fake person falling in love with a. Like even a,
0: faker person, it's like a clone person. Well, she says that falling in she, love with she a makes completely that, not real person. She makes the comment. by having sex with another clone person.
1: Yeah, but she makes that comment where she says, "Because uh, he's looking through the DNA." Yeah, and she's like, "Wow, you guys have three letters." And he's yeah, like, you, it, "You guys
0: have no, you got four letters? Come on, or you, you get know four how letters, many are sorry. in DNA?" I'm sorry, I like you have four, and I only have two. Yeah, and ones I I have two and zeros. Yeah, uh, but the new sci-fi concepts dealt with in the new movie felt extraneous as opposed to part of the plot. Yes, because while the while the sci-fi concepts in the first movie were kind of rote by now by modern standards, which is not fair but true, uh, the new movie had more interesting things to dwell delve into, but they were irrelevant to the main story, and they would get discarded before long. Yeah, like the entire plot line of like I have a girl that's like, my love interest character, like all of that is excuses to explore sci-fi concepts, but then she just gets killed and that doesn't actually affect the story in any way it doesn't because she doesn't actually she's weirdly like a weird b story somebody just thought up or something did you see that scene i don't remember what point you arrived back in what's where she gets stomped
1: yeah yeah so so you saw that what was what did scene did you walk did you oh i think
0: you showed up did you show up right when harrison ford tried locking ryan gosling out i think i missed that I, I literally just came in and there was like a Vehicles coming in through the wall To, okay. to arrest Harrison Ford and <laughs> Be, beat up before Ryan Gosling scene, basically
1: before seen, he runs down the stairs. Harrison Ford runs down the stairs to get to his car To just ditch Ryan Gosling Because he brought bad guys And he closes the door Locks it, runs, and Ryan Gosling just Hulks through the wall he just runs through the wall. <laughs>
0: I guess that was the minute I missed.
1: <laughs> I was like, wait, are we going to explain that? And he, nope, he just runs through it's the wall. It's somewhat
0: established, by the way, that uh, Drax has, like, beat him against the wall into, into, and he breaks the wall with Ryan Gosling yeah. and he still does it. But it was and just and so funny that, that it just he just does by it By the without... way, Ryan Gosling spends the entire movie with half his face bloody. And they keep cleaning it up and it keeps happening again. Yeah, he... Like, every scene, he has a one, one side of it. He's like Harvey Dent. He's bled more than, like, anybody in he's that been, franchise. He spends half the movie looking like Harvey Dent and it happens and they keep cleaning it up and then it happens again yeah. over and over again it's like it's always the same side too it's really interesting how it keeps that's happening that's the weird part so the second movie has more interesting sci-fi concepts to delve into for, for modern audiences but they're like extraneous and strapped on yeah but unfortunately I feel like the characters are more flat and underdeveloped in the second one partly because it gives you so much airtime to like cinematic shots and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, it doesn't give me as much time with characters. It gives me a lot more time with Ryan Gosling contemplating, which is supposed to be my time to contemplate to a degree, I think, as well. I think I'm supposed to also be trying to figure out the mystery of what's going on here, but it's too long. I don't need that much time.
0: Like, when I look to the sheer cast of characters and I think about which ones get developed the most, it's mostly just Ryan Gosling.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think the chief is kind of at least like the second most laid out and she
0: dies pretty early too
1: she well she doesn't die in yeah she well she dies when harrison ford shows up
0: she was a neat character but she's in like um, three
1: scenes She she's no she was in several scenes uh she's like the first person you talk to in the movie besides ryan gosling uh she like he talks to her and uh a couple of other stuff because she like she makes jokes to him she has personality where he goes she looks at him and is like you fucked up. What happened? And he's like, and she's like, I'm not paying for that. And it's like, like to oh. contrast
0: the first two movies, the two movies, the first movie ends with somebody giving a speech about his own death as he fades away. Yeah. And the, and the second movie ends with somebody trying to choke somebody else to death because their ideal, they think their ideology is right. And your ideology is wrong. Yeah. And then one of them wins. Well, it, it
1: still and both ends. Like, huh. It still both ends with one person just kind of sitting there slowly dying.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that's not the climax of like the struggle, though. No. Whereas they were the first one. It is the second one. It's like yeah. the epilogue. It it yeah. It's weird
1: that it happened. I I almost thought it was going to happen before they left. Like I thought it was going to be he like gonna, a I
0: th- like I thought he was going to get swept away in the water and just be gone.
1: I thought I thought Harrison was going to pull him out of the water and like he's just going to do that thing where he's Jack. Where where he t- <laughs> no. <laughs> No, uh, God. The, I thought he was gonna do that. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of the voice that Harrison does in the first Blade Runner when he talks to Snake Girl. Oh God. Yeah, but anyways,
0: I thought yeah. he was. I thought I
1: thought Harrison was gonna pull him It'd out. You'd be
0: surprised what people will do it's got, got to look at the Changing Lady.
1: Yeah, it we be surprised what people do to get look at the Changing Lady.
0: And then he <laughs> looks at a Changing Lady. It's a cross of him doing a voice and also voice recordings just
1: sounding different in the 80s. In yes, movies? he's using like a weirder mic, like a weirder boom microphone because it's like a shittier quality than what we have now. But uh, he's also doing a weird voice that definitely doesn't sound like his voice. And then he just does more rapey things like just stare at a naked woman <laughs> as she's like he already barged in on her and then he's standing Andrew there a changing changes. room
0: on false pretenses and a yes. woman to kiss you. And like, this is a weird movie for Harrison Ford. But, but so maybe- what do you think? I'm just saying that the second one is less. It feels less character driven, aside from just Ryan Gosling. Like that, because of the like the running time is, I feel misspent. Yeah, and so okay. I find it less immediately compelling than the first one. And neither of them are really my favorite movies, but the first one I feel like will be remembered more. While the second one is like, I feel like the second one is a cool follow up that. It didn't feel like a cynical garbage recreation that we keep getting constantly, but, yeah. it, but it didn't feel like Fury Road. Necessarily. It wasn't, yeah,
1: it wasn't shovel like Star Wars is. Star Wars is just shoveled out shit.
0: Um, but then you have like way but, more cynical and, and also not, not, wor- uh, way more garbage attempts like yeah. Ghost in the Shell, where it's like, we're just going to make this happen. Go- well, Ghost in the Shell is a, a shit adaptation, how it turns out.
1: Though. That's a difference. An adaptation is always garbage, usually, unless it's. Like if it's not if it's not an adaptation of a book, it's always garbage. So, movie or video games and, and anime. Are I mean, it's
0: ultimately a re- it's supposed to be a remake of another movie. Ultimately,
1: kind
0: That's the Cause, premise because we just took all of them and pushed them and made them kiss. Um, I think the ways that it's that Ghost in the Shell is bad isn't interestingly different in any way compared to like. What's bad about, uh, like, the Robocop remake and shit like that? Yeah, that's Like, true. I don't think it, it being an anime originally was is, is why. <laughs> I
1: think a little bit. I think it gives the characters more flexibility to do things that are harder to do on
0: camera. Like, a- sit on a boat completely static and stare into the middle distance and talk? <laughs> yeah, and not have to, like, be weird about it. But, um, in any
1: case, the point, the point is, is that, yeah, I think...
0: How long have we been talking for? Because I feel like it's been... In the two train. hours. Jesus Christ. We're trying to go for the runtime of the movie. Fucking enjoy. Enjoy <laughs> it. People have probably been really frustrating with how meandering it is because they're trying to, at the beginning, gauge how much we do or don't like each movie, and they're like trying to l- use all the arguments we do as like fuel for wh- how we feel about the movie. Yeah, they have to dismantle each one. One half of this is like, Because the spoiler cast is not a review. No. In many ways, we're just shooting the shit. We're shooting the shit because like there's a bunch of funny little topics to talk about. Yeah. And they don't are they're not always the reason we do or don't not like a movie. I yeah I. <sighs> But, but I mean, we I both like the first movie and I, we both like the second movie less. I agree with right?
1: you. I agree with your points. Uh, I will I will be honest with you. The more we talk about the second one, the more I'm forgetting about it. Um, it's like leaving my brain the longer I haven't seen it. Whereas the first one I can still clearly remember Brightest Day. And I watched that in the beginning. I watched it this morning.
0: You watched both of them today.
1: Yeah, I watched the first one first and then I saw another movie after that. And I still remember the first one more clearly. That's a lot in one day. It is. But we also then just talked about it for two hours. So I basically yeah. dedicated my life to Blade Runner today.
0: It's a weird day. It's a weird ass day. I hope
1: it ends. I'm tired of Blade Runner.
0: <laughs> it's a weird direction to go in. Well, thanks for watching. Like always, guys. Uh, it, sequel's fine. It's fine. I just wish it was shorter. Like this review. <laughs> Wait for the final You cut. actually looked frozen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you actually look like I, I I had to look at myself in the webcam
1: <laughs> I to, check if it didn't to freeze. see if
0: the webcam froze or not because I was concerned. I'm a replica. See you guys next time. Uh, sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, sorry that we both
1: just have a, a mild feeling about the
0: movie. Uh, you guys have been waiting for us to review something we don't hate, and it happened. It happened. Tune in next time when we review. I don't know Cinderella Blade 3. Runner 3.5 <laughs> HD Remix. Or Thor Ragnarok. Maybe. You're gonna get to see, see, see Hulk again. Or Justice League. You can complain about how Hulk's funny again or something. And or you maybe... Hate how you, and you hate Hulk being funny. Or
1: maybe Coco?
0: Coco? What are we talking that about? That
1: Pixar movie? Coco or
0: something? What? You see the posters I don't know there? what you're talking about, but <laughs> we're gonna stop the video now. Bye!